Hello and welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I am Tyler Smith. I am David Bax. And thank you for listening. David. Yes. How you doing? I'm a bit uh, thrown off. Oh, okay. You, well, this is the one episode a year that we always record at my apartment. Yeah. So we're in a different locale. Well, there might be a couple others. Uh, we're not sure yet. but right, uh, you're moving into, I, into a home. Yes, my wife and I you're are moving a, into a town home. You're in the a next, homeowner. Yeah. You're going to be part of the Homeowners Association. I, like that's gonna, the plan. You're going to take it over. That is kind of my plan, yes. <laughs> and I'm going to... Like, for example, uh, I went to I went with my uh, realtor to the, the place today uh, to go over one final inspection. And as I was walking along, I noticed, uh, man, a lot of these people have dogs. Those dogs bark. Not after I'm done, okay? <laughs> Either the dogs are going to have to stop barking or be put to sleep. All right? <laughs> That's awful. how it's going to work. As a dog owner, you're a homeowner, I'm a dog owner. That's awful. Although my dog is not a very bark barky dog. No, he's all right. Sometimes, I don't know what it is, but he sees something... I think because we live in a cul-de-sac, when mm-hmm. I take him out to walk, I think he's under the impression that the entire cul-de-sac is sort of his territory. So if he's inside with the screen door closed and he sees people milling about in the cul-de-sac, he gets a little upset about that. Hey, you kids, get <laughs> out of here. <laughs> yeah. This is a general attitude. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and then uh, while we were there, it's interesting. Where we live now, somebody, ne- like on a Saturday or a Sunday, uh, the person in the building next door will practice their saxophone uh-huh. and it's kind of this nice little fluttery thing it kind of has a john lurie tenor sax quality to it and jen will like leave the door open and it just sounds real it's like uh it's like rear window or something like that and it's really so nice when you join the homeowners association every three or four houses there has to be a saxophone no need for that requirement my friend because today <laughs> as we were walking around i was like i i hear what sounds like a saxophone and then that gave way to uh, a guitar, and so it sounds like a guy was practicing with his, uh, you know, trio or something, and uh, it was a little too loud. So we're gonna have to take care of that. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, but it was very, it was very. Uh, rel- hey, now is my chance. I talked to the, I talked to one of the other members of the homeowners association and uh, or the board, and uh, apparently people in in my little uh, uh, townhome community they don't take much of an interest. They're gonna pay the price for that. Because old Tyler Smith's in town. You're going to have your own little fiefdom, aren't you? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> so, well, uh, um, But yeah, so so we'll probably be recording at your place uh, for the next episode or two. And, uh, okay. So hopefully, so get used to it, is what I'm saying. Well, let me, um, this is our annual Oscar episode, the That's Oscar right. for tonight. So let me uh, pour myself another glass here of my yeah. Chardonnay from the Miramont Winery in Temecula, California. <laughs> No. Uh, that's not one of the sponsors, David. And <laughs> Wait, did you say sponsors? I think I did. Because we do have a couple. Well, that works out well. Well, okay. Listeners who pay attention, and again, as I've said in the past, listeners who aren't stupid, right. know about tweakedaudio.com. Yeah. Look, if you're just a person in the world and you're not stupid, you know about tweakedaudio.com. Exactly. But if you're particularly not stupid, yeah. then you know... One could say informed and educated. Savvy. Savvy. Yeah. Even better. Those people know about tweakedaudio.com slash pretension. And uh, that's where you go. Okay, tweakedaudio.com, to begin with, professional quality earbuds at an affordable price in a variety of styles and colors. Uh, now, David, you said affordable price. Is there? Can you rephrase this is, this that? This is what I'm getting to. Oh, okay. It's affordable to begin with. Okay, got it. If you go to the tweakedaudio.com slash pretension portal, mm. 
then you get one third off. Yeah. It's thirty three point three three repeating se- yeah. percent off uh, of your earbuds and and free shipping. I would go so far as to call that a low low price. <laughs> that's exactly I think, you know that's exactly the category it falls into. It's a low low price, <laughs> right? A low low category. Yeah, I feel like yeah there there's got to be some kind of law against this. I mean, there's got to be something to protect the the small business owner. So with is, these yeah, low, low prices before the feds crack down, right? Take advantage of tweakedaudio.com yeah. slash pretension before they take us away. Cause we've gone mad, <laughs> you know, we're giving <laughs> these earbuds away. So, uh, okay. So yes, that'll, uh, tweakedaudio.com slash pretension. So, okay. Uh, and we do have, uh, another sponsor and it is the, uh, the film you're dead. Yeah, David. So I will well, it's not a film yet. It's not a film yet. At the moment, it is merely an, a dream. But with your help. With your help. Yours, Tyler, specifically, but also the listener. Well, I better read this well. I'll say that. I, you know what? I didn't know it. it so much of it fell on me. So here we go. I'm going to read about uh, your dead, and then what you can do is you can go to the uh, skyscraper ad on the right side of the Battleship Pretension page, and uh, you can click on that and, uh, and contribute to their, uh, their Kickstarter campaign. Uh, as of right now, I believe they're actually quite close. Oh, so, good. Uh, so go in and, and make this a reality. So, okay. Lexi and Beth are two sisters who take a wrong turn and find themselves in a strange town not found on any map. When the sisters discover the town's dark secret, they become targets for the locals, fighting for their lives against an evil that will never let them leave. Your Dead is a horror action feature film blending modern horror with a 1970s grindhouse aesthetic and including healthy doses of violent sex appeal and violence, pardon me, not violent sex appeal, although I'm sure there's that too. Violence, sex appeal. I agree. A, re- a really aggressive kind of sex appeal. Uh-huh. Um, so healthy doses of violence, sex appeal, and American muscle produced by Golden Tiger Productions and Seek Pictures shooting in Baltimore, Maryland this spring. So go to BattleshipPretension.com, click on the skyscraper ad for you, uh, for your dead and uh, watch that. Uh, watch the little uh, trailer type thing they have there. Sure. It really does look like they they've got this down, yeah. this this awesome. aesthetic. So when you I'm, say Seek is it Seek. Seek Pictures or Seek Productions? Uh, Seek Pictures. Is that S-I-K-H? Or? No, it's S-E-E-K. Okay. Seek, Seek those pictures out is what they're basically saying. That's the way I take it. Look, I'm going to support them either way. Yeah. Look, look that goes are... without saying. Yeah. You know? Okay. Uh, now, okay. We said this is our Oscar show. Yeah. Now, you and I both watched the Oscars. Not together. We haven't watched the Oscars together since we lived in Chicago. Yeah, and somebody actually brought that up to me today uh, at where you know where I was uh-huh. and said, like, how come David, do- David doesn't come? And you know what? I had no answer. I think I decided a while ago that I, that I don't really like Oscar parties. Yeah, I hear you. I, I, I the party I, I went to, though, that place was run like a, like a well-oiled machine. Really? Yeah. Ship shape. Ship shape. Um, yeah, I don't, I, I don't really care for Oscar parties. I like... Even I, I've, I go to Super Bowl parties now. But even that, like, a part of me is like, I'd rather just be like watching this because I've done that before. Just watch it with my girlfriend. Mm-hmm. But she's my girlfriend. At least enjoys the Oscars. I don't think she cares much for the Super Bowl. Uh, but I've, that's something that's developed in me that I just want to actually watch the thing. There is something be to be said for that. Yeah, uh, I used to go to a lot of Oscar parties, and I and I do now. But there are like two years where I, I like Jen and I watched it with maybe like one other couple, and it's just like this is actually kind of nice. This is yeah, this is okay. Yeah, but um, no, we both watched it. I have I, I, I mean, for one thing, obviously, 
obviously I've been drinking since four o'clock. No question about it. Because uh, it's Oscar Sunday. But also in general, I have a tendency to forget, particularly with this. I, I didn't look at the stats, but this seemed, I think this was a longer show than we've had in a while. It I mean, seemed I mean, long, but three I think and a half this, hours is pretty standard. I think this was over three and a half hours. This was about three forty, three forty-five. I think. Really, I, I think. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was a lot of musical stuff in there that yeah. I'm sure stretched it out. And so I might not have remembered everything okay. that happened. So luckily, we have a guest mm-hmm. with a steel trap for a mind. He hasn't been on the show for a while. Yeah. But anyone who anyone who can rightfully consider themselves a true Battleship Retention fan knows who this guy is. That's right. He's one of our go-to guys. He's he's one of your best friends, Tyler, and a guy that I mostly get along with. <laughs> he is friend of the show, Jason Eakin. Hey there, guys. How you doing? How's Good. it going? Oh, I'm very relaxed now after yeah, that, hey. after the way you uh, sort of slipped into the show. Yeah. I'll tell you, I hear what you're saying about Super Bowl parties. Yeah. And, and Oscar parties in general. I'm with you. Especially if it's the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. For me, Patriots are playing. I may I may not want to be at a party. I just want to be alone yeah. with Tom. <laughs> yeah, I think if the Rams were playing, which hasn't happened in a while. Is Tom Brady on that team? No, but oh, okay. like no, if my right. team were playing, play is what I'm saying, I would yeah. want to be alone. But if it's like this year, yeah. this year I had, I guess I had a rooting interest in the Ravens or at least against the 49ers because the 49ers are in the same division as the Rams. Uh-huh. So I wanted to root against them, yeah. but it wasn't, I wasn't super invested in the Super Bowl. So I went to, a, I went to a bar to watch it this year and I had okay. a very good time. I, I went to a Super Bowl party and wished I hadn't. Yeah. Because uh, it wasn't a party of people I really knew. Oh. And so I was just kind of one more person, and I, you know, if it was my party, I would have run it a lot differently. And so, speaking you know. of running parties, you ran the Oscar party that Tyler was talking about. That Tyler I, complimented you on. Yeah, and I appreciate that. That's actually this is the first Oscar parties I've ever had. Mm-hmm. Oscar parties. Oh, you it's had a, multiple. It was ones? multiple. Parties. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's why you kept running from one apartment to another. I thought it was like a delightful <laughs> yeah. farce. There were actually eight going in. My <laughs> None of them knew about each other. No, <laughs> I never. I never had uh, Oscar parties. I used to watch it with friends in high school. And the first mm-hmm. year that Tyler and I lived together in a tiny apartment on Cornelia <laughs> Avenue in Chicago, yeah. you had I'm going to say about 65 of your friends in our tiny. No, apartment. No, it was probably only about 20, but that was certainly enough. <laughs> it felt, I mean, it like, was our apartment was so small, and it felt. I mean, it was just crammed with people. Oh, yeah. There was no question about I remember, it. Because I also, in, in high, like younger than high school and into high school, always watched the Oscars with my mom. And I still like text with my mom during the Oscars. Like it's a big, you know, my mm-hmm. mom likes the Oscars. It's a big thing. I remember she called me during the Oscars that year. And she didn't believe, like I told her I'm in an apartment. Like there are 25 people in my apartment. And she didn't believe me. And I had everyone say, hi nancy or whatever to my mm-hmm. mom uh and it was a uh just a, a deafening chorus of hi nancy <laughs> yeah it was uh yeah that and that's back when the tv that we had was that 19 inch tv that i have finally gotten rid of oh my gosh. uh and uh because i believe i lent that tv to you at one point and you broke the power button off is that well, what happened the power button broke while it happened to be in my possession fair enough i didn't do anything 
particularly stringent to the power button. Were you I watching think- something and got upset and said, this is no time for a remote? And then (laughs) were you upset that the TV was off and you said, be on and you punched it? (laughs) No, I think this would have happened eventually that I like, I can't remember if I was turning it on or turning it off, but at one point I hit the power button and it fell into the television. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, so, and then I, and then like the, the universal remote that we, uh, now I believe you also broke my remote. Is it, did that happen? Did I break the remote? I think it was when we were living together, and I don't oh. know how, how it happened. But yeah, it was an older TV, Let's so it's fine. Out, David. So I got a I got a universal remote, and that stopped working because it was cheap. And so eventually, you, to turn the TV on and off, you had to take a pen and stick it in the <laughs> hole for the power button and turn it on. Do you know what I also did with that TV? What's that? I accidentally recorded over videos of your. Very young nephew. Yeah. An episode, I think, of Life with Bonnie. With Bonnie Hunt. <laughs> that sounds about right. I it was something like that. It was something I, that you felt ashamed. It was, of, an, it was yeah. a, like I had set the, because it was a TV VCR combo, and I had set it because I like to watch Life with Bonnie and some of the shows. This is yeah. before we had a DVR. Yeah. So I had it set to always record every like Tuesday night or whatever at a certain time, and I had forgotten to put my tape in that I recorded shows on yeah. and the tape of your your nephew was still in the in the yeah. VCR and it recorded over it. Oh boy! <laughs> yeah, I still feel very guilty about that. Oh, it's boy. fine. It happens. Uh, no, it's. Uh, I love the. I love these remin- reminiscent reminiscings. Reminiscences. Reminiscences is this? Okay, got it. Yeah. Um, okay, but yeah, but enough of that. We do have a guest that I that we could reminisce and with. We should because, talk about the Oscars. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, you know, whatever. I get it. Well, what what, what do you have to say about uh? anything we just talked about now before we actually go into it i believe you do have a song now you might want to hold the mic a little bit away from your mouth as you sing it. you do have an official song for yeah. the for the oscars uh, that you've been singing for the last few years that's true i do i'm gonna oh, do the hand quite motions. fitting for this Oscars. i'm gonna do the hand motions for you guys the the listeners just imagine first you take your left hand you, you place it at an angle across your body but kind of point it up at the ceiling and you're going to do a swoop motion like a sweeping motion. Yeah, sweeping sure, motion sure. as if you're 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 showing a vast land of mountains and valleys. Mm-hmm. Right. Rivers Someday all down. this will be yours. That exactly. kind of something one of those. Yeah, perfect. So you're going so to do that twice, once with the left arm, then with the right arm. You okay. want you want to end with the right. So here mm-hmm. we go. Uh, s- sing it if you know it. <laughs> I'm going to sit this one out. <laughs> okay, David, you feel free. We okay. can go another round if you want to. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Oscar Sunday, the happiest Sunday in the world. <laughs> That's it. That's the song. But then, no, no. That, well, then you repeat it like fifty times. You say it to uh, everyone yeah. you come in contact with. <laughs> yes. Welcome to the party. <gasps> and there you go. Yeah. Yeah. And what's wonderful is that, like, you know, I go to church on Sunday, so I just start singing it to everybody there. <laughs> know them? Don't know them? Don't care. That it brings me, us together. Way, of. Wait, who was who did our Oscar episode with us last year? Was it Kyle, Kyle? I believe. Kyle has a little song he likes to sing when it's laundry day. Oh, that's right. And it's to the tune of Hollywood, and it goes like this: Laundry day. Today is motherfucking laundry day. And since he like tweeted about that, I think of that every time I do laundry. And I think I like his song better, Jason. I'm afraid. Well, if it's, I mean, if it's, if it's laundry day, I think that's your go-to. Yeah. Um, but your why song doesn't it? have motherfucking it. in it. No. It's the happiest Sunday in the world. I don't even know if that's true. Well. I'm I trying do. to think of some other notable Sundays. Super Bowl Sunday. Super Bowl Sunday. Pretty good. Golden Globes. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. The Golden Globes are a lot of fun. Eh. 
Meh. They, they, hey, they were this year. Yeah. This year's Golden Globes were really good. Tina and Amy. Yeah, they were fantastic. And, and a lot of the presenters were really good. Yeah. As Seth MacFarlane joked, Tina and Amy will host the Oscars next yeah. year. Yeah. And I hope he's right. Me too. They were, I, I think. Or any, great. either one of them on their own. It's a little bit sexist that they have to come as a package. Like, oh, one woman is only worth half of a male Oscar host, right? Is that what you think? That's what I think it's about. I don't think it's might about also... that. I think it's about they have such a dynamic together. That's mm-hmm. what I'm going to... I'm going to go positive. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They want to capture... You know, they want to capture that uh, baby mama lightning in a bottle. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so... I mean... I saw yeah, that. After yeah. that swept the Oscars. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Although, um, I will say, hey, I was just thinking about the songs. This Oscars especially... Like you alluded to, yeah, a song is perfect. So let's get Great into the life. Oscars. Absolutely. Okay. Love it. The day that Seth MacFarlane was announced as the host of the Oscars, I decided at that point I was not going to watch the Oscars this I, year. I recall that, yes. I and was I listening event- to that today. And I eventually talked myself into huh. watching it. And I will say, again, we'll have plenty to say. Mm-hmm. About Seth MacFarlane over the next uh, well, however long, but um, six hours. Six hours. Yes, um, we can beat that Oscar telecast, guys. <laughs> I still don't. I'm still not a huge fan of Seth MacFarlane, and all the things that usually annoyed me about annoy me about him annoyed me about him tonight. But he wasn't bad. No, not at all. I was actually well. I mean, maybe not not at all. But like, the, I I had a surprisingly favorable view of him. I laughed at a lot of his jokes, and I tell you what, but really, no, I didn't. I'll, I'll cut you off. Sorry. Okay. Even when I didn't laugh at his jokes, I liked his demeanor. Absolutely. That is what I responded to. He wanted to be there. He loved that he was there. And he wanted you to have a good time. And and that's the thing. Like he had little like little little uh, ad libs. Not even necessarily ad lib jokes, but just stuff like you know he sees a joke on the on the monitor and he's just like I thought we cut this joke, but okay. And (laughs) just and then they got a good response that yeah. And so just it really. He did what I think hosts should do, which is really welcome you into the experience of, of it. Um, and he didn't, it didn't feel quite so insular. And that is not something I expected. I didn't, I didn't necessarily love all of his jokes. I liked a lot of them. Um, there were a lot I didn't like. And you know what? I can't even really remember the ones I didn't like. I know that there are some that I was like, meh, yeah, all right. Um, I'm trying to think, like, specifically things when I things of, think of ones I didn't like. Uh, I know there were like, I mean, a lot of it was like, bro humor about like chicks being hot or whatever that kind of didn't go uh, didn't i don't know land with me uh i did enjoy i did sort of enjoy the uh and it like the we've seen your boobs song which i'm not sure if i enjoy i enjoyed it like He's for, think, first off, it was kind of catchy. But yeah, that's also, the thing. Yeah. Like, I think he's good at writing a song. So yeah. it was a catchy song. Yeah. It was a really not a funny joke. See, I thought it was a funny joke, especially when it got to Kate Winslet. When that popped up, that was And that was the okay. joke on the joke being that whole thing with Shatner of the expectation of what everyone assumes he's going to do. And really, that, that whole opening was a way of kind of setting people at ease a little bit. But I don't think it worked for me because... I eventually got into him as a host, but that opening 15, 20 minutes, I was like, this is everything I feared. Because I think it's ridiculous to have William Shatner come on and say, here's all the horrible stuff that you could have done, and then actually do the horrible stuff. Yeah, but it wasn't nearly as bad as everybody would have assumed it would have been had he actually gone I think it was. I think those little flashes that Shatner showed, but they weren't flashes. They were like full numbers that were terrible. But then he It's a way to double the numbers. But then he recovered with each one with again i'm like 
I keep saying it again. I haven't... Anyway, whatever. Um, like, but the drama club geek in me, every time he would cut back to the let's just have people singing and dancing, I was like, this is great. I loved the Channing Tatum uh, show his throne dance. I really loved the Daniel Radcliffe, Joseph, Joseph Gordon-Levitt uh, number. Mm-hmm. I thought that was amazing. And, and, and so it was like, it was like this violent for me, like opinion wise, shaking back and forth of like, I am hating this. And then immediately I'm loving this. Well, it was, it, it was the two different out. sides of who he is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like he's the showman that we've talked about. And then he's the guy who is doing something slightly edgy, though. I don't think it was remarkably edgy. No, um, I don't either. Especially because like, uh, so that you've got the boob song, which had this nice, big, lavish production quality to it. And then you've got like the bit with Sally Field. Like, I thought that was very funny. I thought it ended up in a good place. I, I thought yeah. it started off and I was like kind of embarrassed for him. Yeah. And, the, uh, and, and I thought Sally Field, her, the way she sold it actually made me exactly. like the bit yeah. at the end. Yeah. And, and you know what? Here's the thing. It's a totally family guy ending that bit them <laughs> driving off in the Smokey and the bandit car with the song playing and like that is a total family guy thing but the fact that sally field's in it and it's the actual car uh totally sold it to me, for me like that's the thing is there's just and then the joke's not at her it's with her exactly yeah, yeah. And, and, exactly. and that's uh, that to me was what i meant like i could see your point about about the boob song but that kind of set to me was an attempt to set people at ease by including the people in the joke as opposed to making the jokes at them. Well, can we talk, before I, I don't want to get a a reputation for slamming Seth MacFarlane too much because I want to focus on the greatest thing that happened, which was the Sound of Music show. (laughs) That bit, which is like, I can't believe that happened during the Oscars. It's so incredibly silly. Yeah. And I loved it. Uh, yeah. Did you guys, you guys liked oh, that I, little thing? Because like it didn't reveal itself immediately. And it's like, well, Christopher Plummer. Yeah, obviously. Uh-huh. And then just like, Hey, what's the, what? Oh, that, that is, ge- that is genius. And like, I find myself wondering if they didn't emphasize the musical as a genre, if only to get that joke in and have it fit. Like it's, Oh, it felt like a bit that like Conan would do it very much. So that's what, that's what I felt like. And, uh, that was, that was awesome. So my hat's off to Seth MacFarlane yeah. and his writers for that bit, because I thought yeah. it was amazing. Yeah. There is, you should, I'm assuming everyone who listened, watched this, but do you guys want to explain the, uh, sound of music bit real quick? Meh. Okay. They saw it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like I mean, I hate to I hate to say it, but like you know, there's there's uh, other stuff to to cover. But by and large, like if I were to give him like a letter grade, I'd probably give him a solid B. Yeah, um, enough that say. like I, I would be okay. Like if they announced he's going to be back next year, I'd be okay with that. Yeah, yeah I, and it's funny because again, fifteen twenty minutes into the show, I was like, this is going to be painful. I was hating it, and then he, I, I don't know if won me over is the right sense, but he sort of mm-hmm. I maybe found his groove. And even though I didn't, I still didn't find him that funny, and I didn't like the stuff with Ted, the bear, Ted and Mark Wahlberg. Well, you weren't you weren't uh, prone to. Yeah. yeah, yeah. See, I liked, I enjoyed the movie, so I enjoyed that. You like Ted? That if any, yeah, it's oh. a, it's not a it's not a great movie. Did you get hit in the head movie. before you saw it? No, I just I oh, sat down man. and watched it and, and laughed at the jokes Good. that are funny. Yeah, David, you are in the minority on this, and yeah. I haven't seen it. I know, but I really, I really didn't <laughs> like that. Movie. My favorite the part, reverse minority with Casa de Mi Padre. So I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, and I'll tell you this, awesome. like. 
the, probably the funniest part of that bit was Mark Wahlberg being like, no BS, it's a tie. Like, just like really trying to say, it's like, look, I recognize that I'm standing next to a, a, a talking teddy bear. And so it might seem like I'm joking. I'm actually not. Yeah. And, uh, and so I liked that. But, but it's, um, okay. Yeah. They've obviously, they've done bits in the Oscars before with like human and CGI character. Yeah. But yeah. like, this was a testament to how far the technology has come because it really looked to me like Ted was there. Yeah. yeah. It was really well done. Yeah, it looked pretty solid. Um, but uh, And you know what? Here's the, I, was, I don't remember who I was talking to about this, but it struck me as a, a, it's a small change, but man, it made a big difference, which was there were, there were parts where Seth MacFarlane would be there and you say, like, coming up this category, this category, and that sort of thing. And that, like... And that may that might seem like, oh well, he's you know he's not making a joke or anything. He's just talking about what's coming up next. Next, but I like that because in the in previous ceremonies that would have been done by a narrator. And one thing that that has bothered or an announcer, uh, an announcer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one thing that has bothered me and other people is they talk about the host shows up, does about fifteen to twenty minutes at the top, maybe does something in the middle, and then basically is just there to present the presenters and that's Mm -hmm. basically it kind of just disappears just fades away from the show and by having him do that it keeps him as the mc the person who who's keeping things you know moving or at least reminding you that he is there he is the representative of the oscars tonight and i don't know the, the the producers made some choices that i that i thought were pretty good um one of it one of which i understand but did not it did not to me work was that jaws thing it works what? once. Like, it just, after a certain yeah, point, it's like... it's completely uncool of them. Yeah, like, yeah, it's very rude. Yeah, when I say that, I understand, yeah. it's a, it's a, like, I understand it as a joke. And what's more is, like, it's that idea of, like, it's a standard joke at the Oscars that the music will come up. Yeah. And, and this idea of, like, the music being this encroaching thing. So it's like, I understand that on paper, but you don't actually do it. This person is, like... Their life is built to this point. Like, yeah, just that's have the some thing about pleasant. The Oscars, yeah. Is that you have lots of jokes, but the speeches are supposed to be the time when the Oscars are earnest. And sometimes that's like a unaware joke in itself when they're overly earnest about yeah. what is essentially not that important to most people. But it, it felt really disrespectful and rude. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, I understand. You're going to have to play music at some point. You know, you got to keep the show moving, and it was already pretty long. But like, just just have some nice music fade up. Like, yeah. you know what? Here's the thing: have a bit where some, where maybe a, a like you you work something out where like a presenter's going too long or something like right. that, and maybe talking about the. It's like now we can't have people go on too long because it starts to give examples from in the past and then the music starts up and then it's like, oh, okay, I get it now. But you don't do that with real yeah. winners because yeah. that's now there what there's... There were some presenters who could have been played off. It probably, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought like after the, like I said, the, I didn't like the opening 15 to 20 minutes and the first presenter was Octavia Spencer and she was... I felt I felt like I wanted her to get played off. She was taking way too long for me. I don't recall what and, she said or what she did. I don't know what she specifically yeah. said, but I did feel like yeah. this is going too long. No. Just yeah. get to just give the award to. Well, let's get into this. Well, real, real quick, I wanted to just mention about about playing them off. The reason it's rude is because by playing that theme, it gets a laugh. Yeah, yeah. Which isn't yeah. shouldn't be the goal of playing somebody off. It should just yeah. be to move along, not to 
basically you've made an Oscar winner into a joke during your yeah. ceremony. Yeah. You're laughing at them. You, yeah. 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 Which is the exact wrong thing to do, no matter who it is. Yeah. So I understand how somebody could have arrived at that as a joke and maybe even laughed at it in the writer's room. But after a certain point, yeah. they have to realize, oh, right. This is yeah. maybe the high point of somebody's life. Oh. <laughs> and uh, even if that person is a mere sound mixer or something like that. Yeah. So, but yeah. So let's get into the awards, starting with Christoph Waltz, which was a I was, big shocker yeah. in the in a great way. I think, yeah. who, who did you guys have picked for supporting actor? Either Robert De Niro or Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah, yeah. I went yeah. with Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah. yeah, I think Entertainment Weekly said De Niro. By one, they gave him a one percentage point advantage over Tommy, <laughs> over Tommy Lee, Lee Jones. Jones. Yeah, so, I mean, Christoph Waltz was not expected to win that, and it was a, a very pleasant surprise. Yeah, literally... When they showed Christoph Waltz's clip, Tyler just kind of leaned over to me and said, wouldn't it be great if he won? I yeah. know he won't, but wouldn't it be great? Yeah. yeah, I mean, because just, I mean, you, David, I'm, of course, it was your favorite movie of last year. You've seen it several times. Like, it was just, uh, and it's been, I didn't see it, I haven't seen it since Christmas Day. And, uh, and just watching that and just seeing how he delivered that dialogue. And it, I don't uh, know, what was the clip they showed? From, from the bar when he's explaining what a bounty hunter is. Yeah. Right, yeah. And so just the way... You know what? Let me put it this way. doesn't matter. doesn't yeah. matter what the clip yeah. was. Yeah. He always found like little things in the dialogue. He found every nook and, and cranny in that dialogue and made the most of it. And watching it, it's just like, man, he was... You know, like as much as, as, I, as, much as I might talk about like the, the snubbing of DiCaprio, like, man, Christoph Waltz really does do amazing things with that part. Yeah. And... And and he and he deserved it. Like no, nothing against Tommy Lee Jones, nothing against Robert De Niro, but like it's one of those things. Like in many ways, from a purely Oscar politics standpoint, De Niro has not won since 1980. Uh-huh. Tommy Lee Jones has not won for nine, in 19 years. Christoph Waltz won three years ago. Yeah, and just but they burst g- onto the scene. And yeah, didn't really. Yeah, in a Tarantino movie. Yeah, didn't seem to earn his way back to another win. Yeah, it was more like. I mean, I was a lot of us were surprised at the at the mere nomination. Yeah, and so it's the Oscar saying like, "Good work is good work." There you go. Yeah, like he Can is I, really the heart of that film. Real quick, couple things. No, I'll get to the second thing later. Uh, the first thing I want to talk about is is the clips. Um, yeah, is there? Oh, well, look, there's a lot we can say about the clips. In fact, let's devote a whole will, section uh, here to the clips. That's I'm fine. I'll start off by right. saying, it, do you? You obviously, both of you have some acting experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think it's a bit like... Now, David, are you referring to like when I won Best Actor in the state of Missouri in the year 2000? Again, best like teenage male high, like, high school <laughs> actor in the state of Missouri. In a one-act play, yes. In but still, yes. the whole state. You know, it didn't specify <laughs> high school on that award. If I'm, if It sure didn't. Yeah. What okay. it says is Missouri Best Actor 2000. <laughs> okay. Best actor in the entire state of Missouri. <laughs> In the year 2000. Okay, you were saying, I'm sorry. Um, does it seem a little bit simplistic that the clips always have to be dialogue heavy? I guess I'm thinking of uh, the clip they showed for Christoph Waltz. Right before that is the scene where he pours two beers, mm-hmm. which I think is... A, and a part of that has to do with the editing. Uh, actually, a lot of that has to do with the editing. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember the editor's name because obviously it's not Sally Minky, right. R.I.P., uh, but the editor did a great job in, in Django Unchained. But isn't that moment so pleasing to watch him pouring the beer? Yeah, mm-hmm. and I'm wondering, like, could you just choose a moment that is 
mostly dialogue free and i guess you remember like with before night falls like the oscar uh clip for javier bardem was just him sitting silently in a cell that's right um and i remember you and i both making note of that um and yeah that's the thing is like they want to try to capture yeah they want to try to capture the essence of a performance and if it's a certainly if it's a dialogue heavy movie like django unchained they want to try to capture that but yeah i do understand it's like he's doing just as much work maybe even more Without the dialogue, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. it would have been nice if for Joaquin Phoenix's clip. I mean, I love the clip they played, but if they would have showed just like the jail scene, yeah. or just him just going berserk, or, something. or him jerking off into the ocean. <laughs> there you go. Well, yeah, they, yeah, him humping the uh, the sand lady. I understand. I understand the strict the restrictions of being on network television, but. Amy Adams' best scene in The Master yeah, is yeah. the one where she's giving a hand job to yeah. Philip Seymour Hoffman. It's a shame that they couldn't use yeah. that one. Yeah, I mean, they still picked a good scene, and frankly, a scene that I had sort of forgotten about. I forgot how many. I mean, but like, it's also I, a scene I like that out of context seems a little overacting. That's, uh, that was yes. my feeling. Does a little bit. Yes, I, I was when I was watching. I was thinking if I hadn't seen this movie, I would think that she's laying it on a bit thick here. That's true. Yeah, yeah, you do which, need to see which it. Which is just perfect for the Oscars. Yeah, <laughs> I wish they would have chosen actually the scene. Which is just a, basically a monologue from her as well, right after the jerk-off scene where she goes to Freddy and says, like, you know, put something in the future. Because that is, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a really strong scene for her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but let's, okay, let's talk about spoilers in the clips. Because there were... Good God. All nine Best Picture nominees. Would Pre- you say all nine? Just about. I, I haven't I mean, seen I think board, I, I, I saw some people like complaining about the Life of Pi one, but I think like you kind of figure that out. You figure out early on how that ends. Uh, that didn't bother me. I assumed much. he was going to gut that tiger, but you know, that's that's <laughs> me. Uh, and I, by the way, that was the only clip all night that I actually like teared up during because I love Life of Pi so much, mm-hmm. and I, uh, I, I it very, it like it brought me back to watching the movie. Yeah. And, and, and but I teared uh, up during uh, Joaquin's clip. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah. That's, but that's um, I, I would say the two biggest ones for me were Amore and Flight that were, yeah, like the, yeah. the scene they showed in Amore. That's criminal that they showed that because out of context, like someone who does, who's not seen Amore should not be allowed to see what happened. Yeah, there. Jason, you haven't seen Amore. I have not seen. That Amore. is a huge moment. Yeah, it's it's enormous that it's yeah. that it's been building to for about an hour forty five. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. very frustrating. And then Flight. The flight one, like, the things that he's saying in the clip, you know. You know all this stuff. Yeah. But, uh, and that brings another thing. We've all seen flight, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if someone who hadn't seen flight probably wouldn't be bothered by that. I'm, that's what I'm thinking. Probably not. But, like, if, let's know. say they saw that, and then they went and rented the movie, knowing that that scene is there. The minute they see the right 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 the hearing they're like oh i see where he's i know, I know what, he's what he's what's going to happen yeah that's yeah. true yeah that so that bothers me yeah oh I so- having this problem because i'm someone who t- stays particularly spoiler free mm-hmm. but um and by the way i'm gonna spoil in the bedroom right now oh no so i what was that oh two oh one oh two one so that was more than 10 years ago but the clip they showed for in the bedroom showed nick stall dying Oh wow! I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, and like that was something that I I hadn't seen it to the point that I saw the Oscars, and I was very bummed that they showed that mm-hmm. because that doesn't happen till even though that's in some ways the inciting incident of the film, it actually doesn't happen till almost halfway. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And that was a 
That was a big bummer to me to be spoiled for that. Well, and that's the thing. Like, not merely the clips, but like the best picture little uh, montage trailer type things. Uh-huh. Yeah. Zero Dark Thirty. There's a pretty big spoiler in oh, there. Yeah, that was And then huge. the whole, f- the whole the fucking way, movie. You and I spoiled the same thing last week. Yeah, sorry, everybody. Uh, but like the whole fucking movie of Silver Linings Playbook, incidentally, like it's all there. Yeah, including the climactic moment. Yeah. Okay, well, as someone who hasn't seen Silver Linings Playbook, I didn't. Okay, I well, feel like I was spoiled for it. Okay, well, okay. you were. I'm sorry. Yeah, um, I'll forget it. So yeah. maybe that's my argument is that ja- Jackie Weaver's uh, clip they showed for her. We were we were saying like that's the one dialogue scene she really has. Yeah, and, and while she is quite eighty percent of that scene didn't even have her in it. It was a shot of cars. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and while it's them watching the movie Cars, but the <laughs> yeah. and she is cars again. I'll say it again. She's very good, and, and like a lot of her performance is actually kind of a silent performance, but still, she's putting a lot into it. There's a lot of fretting there, but it's not merely fretting. It's also like this woman who who is beyond... The circumstances are, are now beyond her. She has reached her limit of what she is able to do, and she's just trying her best. She really does do a lot with that character, but yeah, like... the, the like you watch that clip and you're like, oh yeah, she should have been nominated, right? Not because of her, but because of like, there's just nothing to this character. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Who, and it's whom would you have nominated in her place? Endowed, endowed for compliance. Yeah. Let me think. I would maybe have nominated. I don't know if you count this as a supporting a lead performance, but uh, doing a buy from Cloud Atlas. I think I would have nominated. That's probably supporting. Yeah. You know, yeah. because because of the, just the ensemble nature of yeah. the film. Like, Even though one of the stories, she's clearly the lead. Right. Uh-huh. But uh, I don't know. Did you see Cloud Atlas? I haven't talked to I you did. about it at all. Did yeah. you like it? Uh, I did like it. Not nearly as much as, as you, but I did overall like the movie. I don't know if you saw the Battleship Retention compiled list of the... And yes. I saw your top ten. But, but Tyler compiled, and thank you for doing this, Tyler. You're welcome. All of our writers' top ten lists, uh-huh. and Cloud Atlas came in at number... Two or three? Number two. Number, number two. three was Django Unchained. So when when people write for your website, like what what kind of liquor do you send them? <laughs> I mean, do you, and it, are, do they assume that they have to drink it when they watch the movies? We Is wrap that, it in we I wrap it understand. in like promotional material <laughs> sure. for, oh, I see. for the you film. You send it to them with the, the yeah. materials they have to review exactly, and they you've you've really just sort of Pavlov's uh, dog. I'm just them. really happy that we've in some ways compile the list of contributors that have their own point of views, but there is uh, an overarching battleship retention point of view has emerged that put Cloud Atlas at number two. And I'm very happy. I will say this, and you know what? I didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't consult anybody because it was late at night and this thing needed to be posted. Uh Um, but uh, there was there was in fact a tie. No BS in the top ten. Oh, uh, I did not list it as a tie. I instead made a judgment call and uh, see if you can figure out what it is. <laughs> no, you have to tell us. Do I? Yeah. A more a more over Lincoln. You you put a more over Lincoln. Yes, I like that. You know what? Here's the thing. It wasn't merely uh, a judgment call of my eye. I know, but like, I don't like to do that. Um, <laughs> but also, it it came down to. Um, I didn't base it on my preference, although, of course, it is my, it is my preference. But uh, I also based it on, like, uh, how many lists it showed up on. Okay. So, yeah. that sort of thing. Um, more of a Lincoln is fine. Although, I mean, I watched Lincoln twice since I got my screener, and watching clips of it tonight during the Oscars made me want to see it again. <laughs> I think I could probably rewatch it. I think there's... Even though... There's that's something we should talk about. Okay. We'll get to the tie thing in a second. Because oh, okay, yeah. Because that's a big thing. But let's talk about Lincoln for a second, because we didn't talk about it 
during our best of episode. We did not. Because we didn't show up on any of our top 15 at all. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about it with me and Jason while you're drunk. This should go very well. I don't think I'm drunk. I'm I've sorry. I've been drinking. Well, okay, I'm but sorry. But I'm not drunk. I don't know. That nose is pretty red. My nose is always red. That's it's true. A, it's enormous, this nose. <laughs> I don't know. That's a that's a backs trait. It you is. Look at, you look at all the backses. We got big ass noses <laughs> and big heads. You know how hard it is for me to buy a hat. You were telling me this the other day that you've got this Ted Kennedy thing. Yeah. Do you look good in hats? If if I can find one of my size, look, listeners, if you're what's for a some reason hat size? What's your hat size, Tyler? Just large. Okay, so you're no, like a you don't know the X, inches like triple XL seven. I don't recall. It's in that, it's in that fedora that I wear, but I don't. I, haven't I need at it. like a seven and three quarters inch hat. At that's like probably as small as I can go. Did people call you fat head as a kid? No, I don't think my head was this fat as a kid. Boy, it's real fat. It is. No, I don't. It looks <laughs> like a normal head to me. Booze yeah. makes your head fatter, especially if you got Irish heritage. <laughs> and I've got a big fat Irish head, and a big red Irish nose. Um, I think two eyes made out of coal. We were going to talk about something before we got to the ties, and I don't remember what it was. Uh, Lincoln, we're talking about Lincoln. Okay, Lincoln. Lincoln. Real quick, by the way, supporting actress I would have nominated Judy Dench, Skyfall. Oh, she I didn't is see pretty it. great in Skyfall. I didn't yeah. see it. I could spoil it right now, but I'm not gonna. You don't have to. I've already seen it. Uh, I mean, for the listeners, yeah. Who? Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. So we'll put a pin in that. Here's what we're going to talk. About. We're going to Lincoln. We're going to talk about the tie thing. We're going to talk about Bond. Okay. In that order. Okay. So first, Lincoln. I loved it. I c- it's one of those movies that I could watch and I see myself watching over and over again throughout my lifetime to come. Um, I was going to say like The Departed, but I like it better than The I was Departed. exactly going to say Lincoln is for me The Departed. Yeah, I think I like it better than The Departed. Because The Departed... The, I do not. Departed yeah. is something that I can also watch. I can watch all the time, but I don't think it's actually a very good movie. Whereas Lincoln, I do think is a good movie. Mm. But just not great. But it's just for my own like sort of pleasure centers. It just hits a lot of that. It hits a lot of those buttons, and it's an enjoyable watch for me. But there are things that keep me from loving it. Um, maybe pacing issues. That's not really a big deal for me. But also, there's one thing that really drives me the wrong way, and I'm going to be secretive here. So only people who have seen Lincoln know what I'm talking about. But there's a reveal about Tommy Lee Jones's character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the time that Steven's the time in the movie that Steven Spielberg chose to reveal that feels really corny to me. Yeah. I think well, if they manipulative. Yeah. I think if they had revealed it earlier, it actually would have been more honest yeah. and more effective. But revealing it as late as they did felt like Oh, so this whole thing he was fighting about is really just this yeah. little it, petty thing? Yeah, it's just like I thought he was uh, philosophically on board with this, and I'm sure he is. But now it all—it looks like you've boiled it down to something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. that's that's the that's a big. As much as I like the movie, and I think I like it more than both of you guys, but that's a yeah. big blow against the movie for me. It has it, a rough. It, it's bothered me mo- both times I've watched the movie. It makes it it fumbles a lot with that ending. It, not merely that ending, but just the ending in general. Like it, I, the things it chooses to do. I absolutely love though, the shot. And again, I didn't see it on... I keep saying again. I didn't say this already. Why would I say again? You, I didn't. Maybe you're saying it to yourself because yeah. you thought it. <laughs> I didn't see Lincoln on a big screen. So the shot of the second inaugural address is, both times I've watched it, very powerful to me because initially I don't know where Lincoln is in the crowd. He's wearing a black suit like everyone else. Mm-hmm. And it takes me... It's like you hear him talking and you see this just shot of a crowd and it takes me a few seconds to pinpoint him. Mm-hmm. And 
so that's the thing about because that's near the end of the movie uh that's the thing i really love mm-hmm. is that sort of uh bringing him really tugging him down to ground level after he's been sort of this lofty speechifying figure the whole time. And I do think some of that is like owed to the, the performance and like some of the vocal choices he made, like at no point did he make this guy larger than life. Mm-hmm. Even, even if the script lent, lent itself to that, which it could, um, it's by, yeah, by think- giving him kind of a, for lack of a better term, weaker voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they really, undercut a lot of the inherent uh, melodrama uh, in a negative yeah. way. I think Tony Kushner's a great writer. I don't think he's a subtle one, though, at all. No. I don't know if he... Did you either... I never saw the play Angels in America, but I saw the HBO miniseries. Yeah. Which I think is really powerful stuff, but also there's not really an ounce of subtlety in the whole thing. It's 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 pretty operatic for the whole six hours or however long it is. Yeah, it, it is operatic. I mean... He also wrote Munich, which I think is great. I yeah. actually think this is my least favorite thing of his that that writing wise. I felt like this yeah, was I, kind I, of yeah, like, and I like thinking I would probably agree with you. Uh, and and I I did like it as well. I mean, I I don't think it's a bad movie uh, at all. I would recommend people see it, especially mm-hmm. for the performances. But um, to me, the the writing is like sort of a mid level Aaron Sorkin script. Is kind of how I, I, I well. I've I been joking. I think on Battleship Retention, but I also joked on on the page, uh, Pilar Alessandro's podcast that Lincoln is like. Imagine an episode of The West Wing where at the beginning Bradley Whitford gets like hit in the head, <laughs> and then has, has this like flashback dream fantasy where uh-huh. where they're all in Lincoln times. <laughs> yeah. Like, no. It, <laughs> do you think that's why? Because you, you're such a Sorkin fan. Do you think yeah. that's why? Maybe I think it, when, I, when I talk about it hitting my pleasure centers, that's a big yeah. part of it. Just that that sort of because uh, I'm a big guy. Like, okay, here's an example. My girlfriend pointed out to me. Yesterday we both went out to uh, to our tax guy that we go to every year to have our taxes done. He it's out in uh, Hacienda Heights, um, in East Los Angeles, and Larry is his name. If I'm <laughs> not mistaken. Let's say let's say his name's Larry. Um, and uh, she knows exactly how to get get there. I've driven there three times. I could mostly figure out how to get there, but I love I love putting an address into my GPS and following my <laughs> GPS. It's that's a pleasure center thing for me. Like hmm. following directions really like does it for, I just love it. Hmm. And so I think that's why I like things like Lincoln so much. Cause I love huh. process. Yeah. And, and that step by step exploration is, is just, uh, just really hits certain nerves with me. Yeah. And that's, and for me as well, I mean, I'm a big fan of the, of like a procedural. It's why I like all the president's men and can watch that over and over. It's why I like Zodiac. It's why I like law and order. It's why um, I like zero dark 30. It, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like it's, there's a movie, by the way, again, something I said on Pilar's podcast, two hours and 45 minutes and not a single wasted second. Yeah. There's not a second in that movie that you could do without. Yeah. Everything that happens in Zero Dark Thirty is absolutely essential to moving the plot forward. Yeah. That's a, that's astounding to me. It's that is a for that guy for Mark Bull's second I mean produced script, that is a mature writer right there. Uh-huh. Um and that's actually why I don't like Argo as much because I don't feel that they, they really fully properly explored the process. But that's neither yeah. here nor there. Um, although he did what best adapted screenplay in that if you're yeah I would have preferred I mean while I think what do you think should have won best adapted screenplay I'm gonna go with Life of Pi obviously but what do you think what do we got there out of the nominees which I do think is a good script but 
Um, adapted, you've got Argo, Beast of the Southern Wild, Life of Pi, Lincoln, Silver Linings, Playbook. I didn't see. Uh, I would probably... I'd be. Uh, there's a lot of good stuff in there. I'd be inclined to probably go Silver Linings Playbook. Yeah. Um, although I, I don't think that's a perfect script. Should I script. see Silver Linings Playbook? I think so. Yeah. I, I People hadn't had any been... interest until a clip tonight revealed that Singing in the Rain is featured in Silver Linings Playbook, and that made me want to see it. And I tell you, the thing is, like, a lot of people have been comparing it. I've been reading reviews, and I've been listening to, what was it? I, I think I was listening to, like, Never Not Funny or something like that, but, uh, oh, that's right, the the podcast-thon, and Doug Benson was on there, and he was, like, just tearing into it for a lot of the, it, for a lot of the same reasons that you and I have, like, uh, torn into, like, a Juno or a Little Miss Sunshine, where it's, like, it's too precious in some ways, and too, and it's, like, I, I guess so, but like there are moments of like true emotional discomfort, and it it can be remarkably raw. And while there are moments that are quirky and fun, like it is hard to watch. I mean that the the Oscar scene for uh, the Oscar clip for Bradley Cooper, like that is a that's one part of a much more extended sequence that together. is that's very difficult to watch. And I you know I felt because I. If I had to give a thumbs up or thumbs down to the fighter, I would give thumbs down. Hmm. But I feel kind of the same way that, like, on paper, the fighter is a really cookie cutter story. Yeah. But there are so many moments where he gets that sort of uh, raw emotional honesty right. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I think it a little bit saves it, but I, I still don't really like the fighter. I, 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 that's why I'm, I'm afraid that I would feel the same way about Silver Linings. Yeah. Well, I don't like the Silver Linings as much as the fighter, and I'm, I love, love the fighter. But that's really what David O. Russell, the, these last couple of movies, and it sounds like his next film as well, that's sort of his, his, his market now is these kind of standard stories that you think you've seen a lot of times, but they go to deeper places than you are expecting. And he, feels, he does have a knack for again, that. Again, I'm, I'm talking as someone who hasn't seen Silver Linings Playbook. But it seems to me that he generally did that with Three Kings, but mm-hmm. managed to be consistent. There's a, there, there's, a, there's a tone that is carried throughout three kings whereas my problem with the fighter is that it sort of vacillated between like on one scene would be sort of cookie cutter hollywood bullshit and then one scene would be like david russell emotional honesty and it would go back and forth and it was annoying to me whereas hmm. three kings which is a pretty sort of hollywood type of story you know that you've seen before manages to maintain an altruistic and coherent voice throughout i guess the fact that it begins with a map in the ass of someone <laughs> immediately places it in a different realm for me. That's, that's true. That's um, true. But yeah, so so that's you're right. You're right. It kind of is a standard story, but I, I've never thought of it that way. Uh, but these are these are more like I, for some reason, I perpetually forget that Silver Linings Playbook is rated R because it feels so much like a PG thirteen movie. Yeah. It, it feels feels like a very safe rated R movie, and uh, that it that is a criticism of it, but. By the it, way, it's also, it's also a lovely movie in a lot of ways. This is completely off topic, but only because... We have things to get to, David. You only because we didn't us. talk about this last week because I hadn't seen it last week. And I don't know if we would have anyway. But in the past week, I finally saw Safety Not Guaranteed, which a lot of people had recommended Yeah, it just popped up, popped up on Netflix. Which is a movie the same way. Like, I don't think of it as a rated R movie, but it is. Huh. Uh, but also, have you, have you seen it? No. No, I haven't. It's... So a lot of people recommended it to me. It to me. It's about 89 minutes long, which is right in my wheelhouse. Uh, I spent about an hour, like, cursing the people who recommended it to me. 
And then I spent the last half hour praising them. Hmm. It so comes together at the end mm-hmm. that I would I would recommend Safety Not Guaranteed to both of you guys. It's mm-hmm. an awesome, awesome ending that is kind of mostly worth trudging through some like Juno Little Miss Sunshine type of like faux indie quirky bullshit for the yeah. first two thirds of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it oh, I, will, I will say this and, and I think we've talked about it on the show before regarding Silver Linings Playbook. It's regardless of what the independent uh, spirit awards may think it's not an independent film it has at this point i believe i said i don't think i don't know if i said it on the show but like at this point the indie spirit awards it's more of just kind of a they they judge seem based on a vibe or a spirit maybe or a spirit one could say (laughs) rather than something actually being independent by any stretch of the imagination their, their rule that an independent film is something what is it under 25 million I think under twenty, and and that's not silver linings, by the way. I think it no. has a budget that's higher. I think it's it's like a it's like a twenty one million dollar budget. Yeah, that's what I thought it was twenty five, but that's bullshit. There's yeah. no such thing as a twenty million dollar independent film. Yeah, independent yeah. to me is like five and less. Well, it could, like, it could I be independent, like like, like a like an, uh, an eccentric billionaire could have made a movie. Yeah. You know what? If there's an eccentric billionaire uh, who is listed as the only producer, we'll count it. Okay. I have to look at my list but by that i'd say that's why i feel like uncomfortable like agreeing with you guys because on my top 10 list there are very few movies that were that cheap maybe casa de mi padre but most of mine weren't that cheap uh by my rubric i would absolutely count cloud atlas as an independent film hmm uh, but it was a very expensive movie yeah but it was just made it was made completely outside of any sort of established studio and it was distributed by Warner Brothers. Yeah. Whereas, it might be something worth discussing in more in depth on this show. Uh, like what the term independent even means anymore. Yeah. Well, like if you look at the independent spirit, and I'm sorry, this is about the Oscars, but... That's fine. Were last night. Yeah. But like if you look at the nominees, say like five years ago or something like that, there was just a lot less... Recog- a lot fewer recognizable names. Now it does really seem like, or maybe even a little longer back than that. Yeah. But now it does really seem like they're trying to they're trying to put butts in the seats as well. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's the thing. You got something like Keep the Lights On. I think got some Independent Spirit nominations. Yeah. Which is a very it was didn't quite make my list, but it's a good movie and it's very much an independent movie. And every once in a while there will be not even every once in a while, probably every year there will be a, a handful of like acting nominations for like lesser known films and almost and really not well known performers at all. You don't yeah. in the spirit. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's just like it's like good for them. They're not going to win. The names are going to win. Yeah. And and I think that assumption is something that marks what the. I remember David and I had a had a like a big argument right before the Oscars, right before all our friend all my friends came over. Yeah, I think I threw a bowl of popcorn across the room. You did throw a bowl of popcorn across the room. Yes, uh, there was no pop. It was the bowl where the popcorn was going to go in. There was no popcorn. <laughs> no popcorn yeah. That's yeah. Much less. Yeah, yeah. That's much less exciting. Yeah. Look, and what I was it, angry. I didn't have time to wait for the popcorn to get in the bowl <laughs> yeah. before I could throw I it across yeah. the room. And what it wound up being is that I had not uh, expressed myself well enough, and I wound up being way too uh, dismissive of, of your to- of your of your uh, opinion regarding like Mulholland Drive. I was also being a baby. There is also that. But, you know, I want to take responsibility for some of it. Um, after a certain point, I feel kind of proud that I can drive somebody to that kind of rage. But uh, now, now I'm married and I get it. But uh, By the way, I drove you to that kind of rage about the simplest thing. I don't know if you remember it. 
Um, oh, is that when you broke something? You yeah, broke the okay. wooden... Okay. You had a... <laughs> I had messed... I was like making dinner. Uh-huh. I had messed something up. And you had something... I think your mom had given it to you. It was a, like an oven like mitt type thing or yeah. an oven like pad that had this nice little wooden ring so you could hang it from right. a hook. Yeah. And I had gotten pissed that I burnt dinner. <laughs> and I threw the uh, oven mitt with the wooden ring across the room. And it shattered the wooden ring in half. Like, or not shattered. It like split it in half. It yeah. sounds like poor craftsmanship is my opinion. <laughs> anyway, yeah. it split it in half. And you were like, I can get some super glue and fix that. And I was like, no, fuck that. It's broken. And I threw it in the garbage. And you looked at me. <laughs> I've never seen this look on your face before. And you were like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Well, yeah, it was just that kind of thing. It was like, it's not fucking yours to throw away, much less throw it all. Yeah, I shouldn't uh, have thrown it across the room. Yeah. I shouldn't have thrown it in the garbage. But that's... Uh, but but yeah. Yeah, like, you're like, you literally said, you son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, that sounds... I don't know how I could... Po- if I ever say, you son of a bitch, I, I can't imagine it possibly being uh, angry. Like, it's so inherently comical. so much that you said a cliched thing yeah. and, and you meant it. You son of a no bitch. question about it, but uh, <laughs> but we hated each other, huh? But, yeah, I know. Uh, you go to have made a film about it. I know, and I people can find it. That. People can find it in segments on my personal uh, YouTube page. That sounds pretty good. I bet that was co-written really well. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. In fact, one could say the co-written aspect of it is really what made that film. Anyway, but uh, but that that original that original argument was this idea of like. You know, Memento got all kinds of uh, nominations at the Indie Spirit Awards, and I think like like Mulholland Drive got like cinematography, not even director or anything like that. And you were furious, and I, and I admittedly, it sounded like I was saying, "Well, that's the way it should be." What I was saying is, "That's the way it is." Like uh-huh. the money maker made the is what got right. the nominations, and yeah. Mulholland Drive, even if it was, even if it is independent, even if it's David uh, Lynch, yeah, sorry, no money that we. We we already did this here. Yeah, Would but you what say are you that about that got nominated for an Oscar? It got nominated for best director, right? Mulholland Drive. Yeah, that yeah. with the Oscars, I think it did. Who knows? Would you say that time has proven me right? Does Mulholland Drive have a better reputation than Memento in, here in two, 2013? Among amongst, uh, well, no. It depends on who. <laughs> yes, it does. Amongst, yeah, I guess it depends on who you're talking to. Uh, yeah, uh, among like the sight and sound people. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, people like us. No I question think the, about it. The Village Voice critics poll called. Uh, Mulholland Drive ended up being the best film of the decade of the yeah, and so that's all well and good. You talk to anybody, including probably some people like us, and they'd be like, "Well, Memento allowed a kind of a renaissance in the modern superhero slash action movie by making Christopher Nolan." Uh-huh. And yeah. so, like, and then he, and then so many people uh, cite him rightfully or wrongfully as like a, a big influence on them. I'm sure there's an entire generation oh, yeah. of people back at school who like would say, I want to be the next Christopher Nolan. And that Speaking happened. Our be- school, I know. Was a rep- representative from Columbia College, Chicago. I know. I was very excited. Had, and it I, was not Janusz Kaminski. I had been making fun of the college students the whole night, particularly the one guy. Poor guy. The one guy from, uh, I think he was at, oh, he's at UCLA because the yeah. guy, the guy said, go Bruins. Yeah. Who like was just, really overzealous about the hand gestures yeah about like come this way like (laughs) just like jason's oscar song like sweeping like here's the way you go there's a time and a place for the gestures right right but uh uh, is he he the one that started to shoo someone off stage as well and it was like walking behind him that was a little rough that was rough i felt bad for that guy i didn't i thought yeah he, he should uh 
cool off guy. Yeah, no, he should have known better. It's <laughs> like, ugh. But yeah, there's a lot of uh, big sweeping gestures. Yeah. Okay, we said we said we were going to talk about three things. It was Lincoln, Lincoln. a tie, and something else. I don't remember what the other yeah. thing, thing was. Uh, so wait, was Lincoln on, like, give me give me a letter grade-ish on Lincoln. Because uh, I'm at like B, maybe a B plus. Because I would say B plus. The, okay, because yeah. yeah. some of the performance. There are a lot of good movies this year. That's why, like... B plus movies like Argo and Les Mis for me didn't even make my honorable mentions. Yeah, uh, you know it's interesting because you you like Les Mis more than I do, and certainly more than Ned. Oh no, you, but Jason hasn't seen it. I haven't seen it, but okay. boy, do you like Argo a lot more than I do. Yeah, but you're not a huge fan of Argo. He just said B plus. Oh, okay, fair enough. Yeah, but yeah, at the same time, know, maybe, like, uh, did you hate it? I'm like a C plus on that. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't think it's a very good movie. I, I probably, think at, at the halfway point, I would have agreed with you, but I think it came together by the end. For me. I think at the halfway point, I was more on board with it. Really? All yeah. that bullshit of at the, the end, like? Yeah, I hated that. No, bullshit at the I end. hated the bullshit. Basically, <laughs> as great as John Goodman and Alan Arkin are. Every scene with them is bullshit to me. Yeah. Oh, sure yeah. That's, that was the yeah. stuff that really annoyed me. Sure Look, guys, is. we can all agree there's a lot of bullshit in that <laughs> film. Can't we just come together on that? I was I was writing high because of the, the opening sequence, which is the best thing in the movie. In, which in is my, the opening sequence? The the opening sort of raid oh. on, on the Yeah, end. that's but a solid moment. Did it, it's so well done. Was it soured a little bit for you by the end credits which was basically, look how accurate we were. Look yeah. how much the thing we built looks like the real thing. Yeah. Except don't look at uh, Tony Mendez. Yeah. Don't look at him at all. Look at how every actor looks yeah. exactly like And him. don't Forget do any research Netflix. into the story. Right. Yeah. But look, we yeah. built the gates of the embassy just like the real yeah. gates look. Look at yeah. that guy's mustache. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah uh, it was pretty lame. Yeah, but that that Hollywood stuff, and it's something that all three of us have talked about. I enjoy John Goodman. I enjoy Alan Arkin. I think they sell mediocre lines, like easy, easy jokes. Academy uh, Award winning mediocrity, right there. Well, I, I guess I guess this would be the, the lines. yeah. I guess this would be the the first time that an undeserving <laughs> film has yeah. won yeah. several Oscars well, it didn't okay. deserve. I'm fine with it winning the editing Oscar, oddly enough. What's the last film that won the Oscars that you out and out didn't like? Because last year was The Artist, before that was The Hurt Locker, before that wait, was... Wait, slum- am I missing one? Oh, I didn't... That's right. The I Artist, King, King's Speech, King's Speech so I have, I don't Hurt Locker, that was a Hurt Locker. Slumdog, wait, Slumdog, like. No Country for Old Men, yeah. Departed, Crash, which I even liked at the time, and there are aspects no, of it that I, I still stand by. I think it would have to be... Departed is on a line, Crash is probably the last, the last winner that I really wings. disliked. Yeah, Chicago. I was not. You know, I wasn't thrilled oh, with I Chicago. Don't, I don't like Chicago. Whatever. But you know what? That was a, that's a weak year as far as the Oscars go. Like, I don't know what I was. What Chicago, I would have been was that. No, I, I probably would have been rooting Return for the pianist. The what else was that? No, that was the second one. The pianist, Gangs of New York, The Hours, uh, The Hours. Yeah, Far from Heaven was yeah. that year, but it wasn't Picture. Right? That's no not Picture good, was that's not a good list. Yeah, that. Picture was like Two Towers. I like Two Towers. Yeah, the Two Hours and the Towers. The two Hours. <laughs> yeah, and then and then Gangs of New York, The Pianist, and Chicago. Okay, for sheer scope, I would have gone Gangs of New York. Come on, I probably would have gone Pianist. Oh, I don't like Gangs of New York. Um. I would have gone Far From Heaven, but that wasn't nominated. No. I guess not. Of the ones you named, I would have gone Two Towers, I think. I do like that one. I do. I yeah. like that one as well. But, I, but yeah, it's been a is while that, since a movie yeah. I really... By the way, is how is Two Towers regarded? Because I think it's my favorite. It's my favorite, and... It's my it is, least favorite. It's, it's most people's I, least favorite. That's what I feel like, is that I'm in the minority. Yeah. But I really like the Two Towers. I feel like it has a great sense of pace. Yeah. And it's the, it's the most exciting... 
I do. It, it, I feel it like feels like the most adventurous of. It's an adventure series, and Two Towers feels like an adventure movie. Too. Well, and I think it did what it what it really needed to do was take <laughs> make uh, Fellowship of the Ring look small by comparison, where suddenly, like, just open up the world of Middle Earth and like. This is much larger than the handful of nine people fighting a few or- orcs. Like Although, it's much way, larger than that. A few hundred. By the way, Fellowship the of the Ring, as opposed to th- th- no, that's that's awesome. Yeah. Which I like, no, I, I do like that. It. I'm not saying it's bad. After I'm the saying, Hobbit, which was awful, I rewatched Fellowship of the Ring to remind myself that I like these movies, and I I think I ended up liking Fellowship of the Ring on rewatch more than the last time. No question about it. I, yeah. I'd only seen it a couple times yeah. early on, and I hadn't seen it in maybe ten years, and I watched it a few months ago. And uh, it's awesome. Fellowship yeah, of the Ring is really good. I recently re- is that your favorite? All three. You know what? I think it is now. Um, I do, I do really love Return of the King because I love John Noble. I do love John Noble, but I love Sam's everything Sam sure, does sure, in, yeah. in Return of the King. I think it's yeah. just like that. Those are some of my favorite moments. But he's still got that in the first one. After the big fight, when he goes running after Frodo in into the, the water and into stuff. the water, like <laughs> that's a great yeah. yeah. And then, yeah. Sa- but the second one also has like Sam actually kind of declaring the theme of the series, but in a way that I thought was actually okay yeah. and worked fairly well. Let's go back to the Oscars. Fair Let's talk about the tie. Yeah, that's now, that's you're yeah, more yeah. of an Oscar historian than I am. How long has it been since there's been a tie? I have no idea. Okay, I know that there was a tie. It's not, for it's best- not unprecedented, but it's happened before. It's happened before in in more major categories, I believe. I think Twitter said it's happened three times. Okay. Once was, was it 68, 67? Right around there. I don't know. Um, But I believe uh, Barbara, oh hell, she sang tonight. Streisand. Streisand. I was only coming up with Stanwyck, and I was like... Stanwyck didn't sing. Who's coming up with her? <laughs> I came up with I everybody. King Solver. Barbara King Solver. <laughs> but uh, I think she, I think she uh, was tied yep. with I think uh, Catherine Hepburn for something. Huh. Um, and for that was summertime. No. No. It, late sixties. It, it might have been. Um, summertime was the sixties. What? What Catherine Hepburn movie would it be? It might have been Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. Oh. Um, mm-hmm. That's not a great movie. No, it's not. it's not. There are some good performances in there, and I I've really become a, a big fan of uh, Spencer Tracy. But yeah, that's a film that like it's really a function of its time, and like yeah. at the time it's like oh this is really groundbreaking, and it's t- and it is and good for it. But yeah, I mean you, it's not great. Yeah. It's not great. But uh, but yeah, so it's it doesn't happen very often, and it was actually kind of don't get me wrong, like. Good for good for them. That's kind of a neat thing, but like it, it makes you wish it was like a, a more major category, like screenplay or, or actor. And I love that both the guys kind of look the same. Yeah, I know, weird, right? They were okay. Uh, we haven't mentioned Twitter. Uh, have we mentioned Twitter yet? Not really. In this episode. This is something I said on Twitter. A lot of guys won Oscars tonight who look like they're fans of the band Dream Theater. I don't. I don't get so that. A prog sorry. metal band. Oh, I, okay. Fair enough. Yeah, I probably could have long blonde hair. You're going to fare very well at the Oscars. Yeah, in the technical categories. Yeah, there is a guy. Uh, is, is it the guy that won cinematography? Who came yeah, out? Yeah, and I made. Yeah, and then I made a joke on Twitter about like, hey, the sound designer from Hurt Locker is yeah. into uh, Which is, is a doing joke. cinematography now. Good for him. And then the actual guy from Hurt Locker, I'm like, good God, he's back. Yeah. Um, the one thing Zero Dark Thirty One. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. That is, yeah. like, it's weird how Wait, much... Wait, who won film editing? Argo. Argo. Yeah. Wasn't that, that was the same editor as Zero Dark Thirty, right? He was nominated... Was yeah, he was nominated 
twice for both films. Mm, gosh, nope. I don't know. Am I right? Yes, you are. Interesting. Right. And Dylan uh, Titchener was also nominated for Zero Dark Thirty. Okay. Yeah, it's it's so Rank interesting to th- Anderson's. it's so interesting to think back uh, on like the last few months and just like this year it has been such a, like a turbulent year as far as Oscar expectations. Like for a while, it was just assumed that like I mean Zero Dark Thirty started winning so many critics awards that it's just like. Well, surely a movie that wins this many critics awards, not that they necessarily overlap, um, like surely this, and then that kind of faded away, maybe uh, maybe due to political controversy, and then Lincoln came surging ahead, and then suddenly Argo became a foregone conclusion. Yeah. And it's just absolutely. such a weird thing that, that almost never happens. Um, like, especially, like, sometimes people, there will be an expectation for a movie that no one has seen, then they say, like, oh, never mind. And it just falls away. But, like, Lincoln was, you know, considered to be good. Zero Dark Thirty was considered to be good. But just somehow Argo just surged ahead. I think it was, I think Josh, my uh, More Than One Lesson co-host, I think he found himself wondering if it's, like, just that everything about Argo behind the scenes uh, is the kind of thing that Hollywood wants to get behind. You know, George Clooney's behind it. It's like Ben Affleck, like we're now going to affirm him as a director. Not really. Right. Which in, in the speech, uh, Grant Hesloff did twice. Yeah. Grant Hesloff, as we all know, the guy from Congo where, who gets his head squished. Right. That's right. Yeah. And And you know what? He uh, was the endangered species. Yeah. Um, he directed that movie about goats. The men who stare at goats. That's right. Yes. Yes. Uh, Okay, a couple things. Sorry, um, that I want to talk about. Did you want to talk more about the tie? No, I'm done with that. Okay. Um, <laughs> Seth MacFarlane being like self-deprecating about Ted, mm-hmm. like, but not now acknowledging that Ted was nominated for an Oscar. Yeah, that was kind of annoying to me. That he was like, "Oh, you guys like all these high-minded movies, and I made Ted." Ooh. But yeah, it was nominated for an Oscar. Yeah, but for but like not for writing. But he not, he for, particularly was nominated for an Oscar. It that's just felt true. very disingenuous to me. It annoyed me. Well, I, you know what? I'll say this: like, uh, as much as people may, as much as some people, including myself, may not like Family Guy, they do good stuff with music on that show. Like uh, anytime they, I don't like that Ted song. Yeah, I would rather the uh, "We've Seen Your Boobs" song be nominated. <laughs> and by the way, it took a lot for me to say that word. Boobs. I hate it. I hate that you word. You like the word tits. Yes. That is what adults say. <laughs> no, it's not. Yes, it is. <laughs> no. it's, it's what adults who want to be that yeah, are going to say. I, I don't yeah, say yeah. that word a lot either. Yeah. I mostly say breasts because I'm... That's the word adults say. Right. But yeah. I would, if you're I, be ju- I'm way yeah. more okay with tits yeah. than boobs. Because yeah. boobs sounds like what fourth graders say. Yeah, there's ju- there's there's juvenile children and juvenile adults. When you right. become an ad- a juvenile adult, you graduate from boobs to tits. And then when the, di- when the time comes and you decide you don't want to be a juvenile anything, uh-huh. then you move on to breasts. Yeah, uh, yeah, and that's what I if if I am referring to a woman's breasts, I say breasts mm-hmm. most of the time. Yeah, but I know you're a fan of jugs, <laughs> sure, knockers, yeah, um, hooters. It's all there, hooters. exactly. Uh, but I also like I hate the word boobs the same way I hate the word wiener. <laughs> it's it's for little kids. I can't. How stand do you feel it. about ding dong? <laughs> oh. 
No one says. Oh, that. you Perhaps almost made me spit up some water. <laughs> Perhaps <Yeah>. schlong. <laughs> schlong is better than anything you've said so far. Um, Especially my opinions about uh, Lincoln. But I guess okay. Finally, he brings something right. to the show. This is an explicit podcast. People, okay. We're Bo- gonna say ding dong every now and then. But like, okay, boobs and wiener are gross words for little kids. Tits and cock are gross words for adults. Mm-hmm. And then real respectful adults say breasts and penis, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah. think so. Okay. I, got I, I, I heard someone there. refer to, this is a grown woman, say the word, not just boobs, boobies. boobies. Uh, Isn't that the word? Uh, That's the word. I hate it. I hate Why it would so much. anybody say the word boobies? Oh, I hate it. I hate boobs. It. See, that's maybe that's why I'm like, okay, well, boobs. I'm I'm fine with boobs. Um, I mean, I'm pro boobs. <laughs> yeah, but but okay. yeah, breasts is better. But boobies. Oh, what a horrible thing. All right. The other thing I want to talk about before we get back to musicals, because mm-hmm. more to say about that. Yeah. Uh, oh, Bond. You want to talk about Bond? That was oh, the other yeah, thing you want to talk about. Too. Yeah. But I want to talk about speaking of Oscar history. Um, Silver Linings Playbook had nominees in all four acting categories. Yeah. Yeah. Is that the first time since Silence of the Lambs? What was the last time that all... Silence of the Lambs wasn't up for uh, either supporting. No, it wasn't. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Network was... It had to be more recent than that. Probably... Uh, hmm. Not Shakespeare in Love. Somebody did say it's been 30 years. 30 plus years. Okay. It might have been Network. Oh, so that would be Network. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. And won three of them. Silence of the Lambs wasn't for either... No, who, no. Who, who would it have been? Like Ted Levine or Scott Glenn? No. I guess there is no supporting actress in Sounds of the Although, yeah. that woman whose name I forget is quite... You know, that's Series 7. Yeah. She sure was, and very good in it. I never yeah. saw that, but yeah. yeah. But the yeah. one with the Joy Division song, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen it, used, but I know that about it. Used that. so perfectly, like just dead on the way they would use it in a reality show. It's mm-hmm. perfect. Man, I can't wait to go home and watch Amazing Race. Um, but uh, so yeah, that was that was interesting to me. I didn't I didn't realize that that had been yeah. it had been a while since. And of course, as I've noted already, it should have been nominated in three of them, not four. Yeah, you know, Jackie Weaver, Jackie Weaver. Okay, um, yeah, Juno Bay. That's who should have been there. And um, out. Okay, um, Judy Dench. Um, Nicole Kidman. No, I'm joking. Of course, part of the Paperboy. Yeah. I'm trying to think what else is on my list. Well, we don't want to spoil anything for the next episode where we talk about individual achievements. That's right. So Maybe, uh, I'm trying to think of the woman's name from Casademia Padre. Genesis Rodriguez? Oh, my. I think I, is her name. I didn't see it. You're thinking of Salma Hayek. <laughs> Diego Luna? <laughs> That's not a, not a woman. Oh, I'm sorry. Diego Luna. No, it's Diego. Diego would be a woman, yes. Right, that's what yeah. I'm saying. I misspoke. I'm sorry. All right. I don't know what everybody's talking about. <laughs> Lindsay All right. So let's talk Lohan. about... Should we talk about musicals or should we talk about Bond? What do you guys want to talk about first? Uh, okay. We all say one, two, three, Bond. Bond. All right. Yeah. All right. James Bond's stupid, right? <laughs> <laughs> no one... No one over the age of 17 cares about any of that bullshit, right? The thing... Okay. All right. First off, Skyfall... Okay few things number one man that song is fucking awesome like i like song i like it i don't love it but i like it yeah i, I just I favorite I bond the theme right now i'm gonna go with you only live twice by nancy sinatra i think maybe either sky either skyfall or um Goldeneye. you know my name i like Goldeneye. by chris cornell golden eye by tina turner right mm-hmm. that's pretty good too so well, although that is you know my name die another day no that's casino royale oh okay 
Yeah. Although that, it, go, that Goldfinger okay, so song Quantum, is pretty fun. Quantum of Solace was the Jack White Alicia Keys song. Yeah. Yeah. Which I didn't, I, I didn't see the film. So. That was dumb. Um, it was a dumb film. What else? Okay. So yeah, I go with You Only Live Twice, Benny Sinatra, but I also love the Duran Duran song for A View to a Kill. Ah, see, and I can't, and so I can't pull these. Dance yeah. into the fire. You know that song? I guess not. It's a good you song. You know, I have not seen a Bond film pre-Brosnan. Yeah, really. I haven't seen. Any I've only of them. only seen uh, watch. No, it's only pre-Brosnan. Watch uh, Goldfinger and uh, maybe another one somewhere. That'll sure. Okay. I hear good things about From Russia with Love, and I hear I hear great things about On Her Maj- Majesty's Secret Service. That it's like the best that's, film. That's right. I have. Yeah. By the way, that's the longest Bond movie. Six hours and thirty-eight minutes. Right. Yeah, they really, man, they really had a lot of faith they in George Lazenby as a, <laughs> as a, a mini series, and they said, so, "Ah, hell with it." Yeah. yeah. Uh, again, Bond, Bond officials could correct me if I'm wrong. But I'm pretty sure On Her Majesty's Secret Service is the longest, shortest Bond movie. Any guess? I know it. Quantum of Solace. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred and three. So Eighty-seven yeah. minutes. <laughs> they get in, get out. It's a hundred and three minutes, I think. Minutes. And it is the shortest Bond movie. Yeah, yeah. It's so. Yeah. It's it's a fascinating thing. Uh, First off, oh, I will talk about the uh, the Skyfall theme. What I like about it is that it is two things at the same time. It is a really great song that is its own thing, and it is undeniably a James Bond theme. Like it uses the same instrumentation. It just has a, right, right, right. it has a quality like to it that I just like. It's a good point. It's like it, it really does stand on its own, um, and uh, and that's something that while I do like uh, you know my name from uh, from Casino Royale, like that is not necessarily a Bond theme. Like that's just that's its own kind of song. why. And this is corny because I don't actually like the song, but I kind of liked "The World Is Not Enough" by Garbage because okay. it was like Garbage was this like dumb trendy '90s like, yeah. post grunge yeah. band or whatever. But then they made this like Bond theme that sounds like a Bond theme. It's not great, but I did like that aspect of it. Yeah, I can't it has, pull it right now, but. Was it? I can't pull it up in my the mind. The world is not okay. enough. Okay, it has been 15 years. But it is and you such s- a perfect place to start my love. Okay, how it goes. I'll say it again. I've known you 15 years. <laughs> At no point has your singing something ever jogged my memory. And I think that I've come to the conclusion that that's you, not me. Maybe, maybe. Because I know I'm not a great singer, obviously. It's nothing against I you. I just saying, everyone everyone who's listening knows I'm not a great singer. Yeah. I think you are particularly... Like, there are songs... You didn't know Joey by Concrete Blonde. Like, that's a song that even if... Even a horrible singer, if I say, Joey, baby... Like, anyone would know that song. I don't... I'm sorry. I think you need to just agree with him because he's just going to keep singing. So you're saying... Maybe that's the issue. Maybe if I say, like, oh, I know that... Then he'll just stop trying to prove something yeah, to himself. That's probably true. Obviously. Um, but yeah, the thing is, watching that that big Bond montage, more than anything, it's just like... And here's the thing. I understand, like, 50 years, Bond is not going away. <laughs> Many generations uh, appreciate the franchise. And so, sure, why not? Like, the Oscars is a celebration of film. Here's the thing, though. Celebration of good film. And Skyfall is by far in my view, like the most appreciated Bond film by the Academy. And the most yeah. financially successful. Yeah. yeah that's true. And so like so Far good. And away. Yeah. And so I'm sure they'd be like, ah, Bond's alive and kicking. It's like, yeah, but that doesn't change the fact and I've seen a fair number of them. Uh, and I'm not as anti Bond as, as you are, dude, but like you watch those clips like, wow, this is a pretty mediocre series. And that's, one in which I believe I felt like yeah. when you see like a semi truck on two like on just his left wheels and like yeah. an RPG yeah. goes underneath it. I was like, that is and so then stupid. Smirking. 
Yeah. yeah. And, it's like, and doesn't he like really stupid? Doesn't he use one of the Bond women to like block a uh, like a, an <laughs> yeah, attack something. or something? And just like so, you see that, and it's just like, and I, I thought the tribute was fine, and I like I liked that she came out and sang Goldfinger. That was kind of awesome, especially yeah, yeah, yeah. she had to sort of build to it. Her voice was a little weak at first, but yeah. by the end, she was like really yeah. belting it out. Yeah, I saw a lot of people on Twitter, I guess Bond fans, complaining that like. Holly Berry, who's the Bond girl from pretty much apparently everyone's least favorite Bond movie, yeah, uh, was introducing the segment. Well, to me, it's like it's yeah. a matter of degrees. Like, <laughs> yeah, the worst. The, again, I obviously I'm a biased person, but the distance between the worst Bond film and the best Bond film is not that great. Well, as and far it's as also I'm concerned. It's also Halle Berry, somebody that people know. She's won an Oscar. She's won an Oscar, and yeah. she's been a Bond girl. It's three birds, one stone. It's something like exactly. that. Exactly. So, so let's talk about. We talked about. Well, I was on. just. Singing. I want to talk about the Bond, the the montage yeah. itself, because aside from the clips that they showed, I did not think it was a very well put together montage. Just in terms of like the graphics that they like, it was so busy, and I know they're trying to do it almost like a Bond theme, but I thought it was just so busy and visually distracting that I just thought it was a mess. Maybe experts can go in, watch that, and see that the moments when it is most distracting is when they're they're going through some of those Timothy Dalton films. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're like, let's put, a, let's put a silhouette in front of uh, pretty much the whole thing. Yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, maybe this uh, this isn't from Timothy Dalton. It's like, maybe the, when Yafat Koto blows up like like a balloon and then explodes, uh, maybe we'll, we'll have that happen in the black there. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's a bad series for the most part. Okay, so speaking of montages, speaking of music, the theme was tonight was musicals theoretically mm-hmm. but it really was movie musicals of the last 10 years yeah there was supporting actress oscar winners <laughs> that's yeah true. that's true but like there was nothing De- like, deserve they, it or not they didn't even go yeah. back to moulin rouge like they, like not even that recent yeah yeah but one, there was no like one year one year after yeah yeah there was no singing in the rain other than within the Silver Lang's pivot clip and by the way there's no Oliver there is no Meet Me in St. Louis there was no Cabaret yeah what are all the big ones there was no obviously West Side no, Story going, and even further back there was no Top Hat or I don't no. know the gay divorcee uh, and the thing is that's like, something that I personally like that's not a classic I said this when you and I were on 11 points countdown the Oscars are always I don't know what it is every few years they want to do something about fucking musicals and talk about how they're back or some, or they want to celebrate it's like of the last 10 years it's like first off there was not a lot of oscar love for dream girls so like there was the supporting categories and probably a, a couple technical and like chicago won good for you for picture but dream it, yeah, girls it, is one it, right. of, to me in my opinion and my memory at least the most famous recent Oscar stories, which is that Eddie Murphy was considered a favorite until Norbert came out. Yeah. yeah. That's a big story to me. Yeah. I, but but it's, I, that's not something they mentioned tonight. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and like, and no one can, and that's not necessarily provable either. I mean, like, uh, but it's clearly what happened. No question about it. But like, this year is the first year I realized how, like, what, what is today? The 24th? 24th. I think, Oscar ballots for members were due on the 19th of February. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. It's like, it's that close. I never realized So, Mama that. is what took Jessica Chastain out of the Possibly. race. <laughs> Actually, yeah, I, I didn't realize like, it was that... That movie did very well. That yeah. much, that, that close. Uh, and, and stuff really can. So, yeah. when you hear about, like, things like... Uh, 
you know, Guild Awards and Critics Awards changing the momentum, it really is Mm -hmm. because people haven't necessarily voted until the week of the Oscars. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and maybe, yeah, maybe that's why something like a Christoph Waltz, where it's just like, okay, well, we've given Tommy Lee Jones the things that he's going to get. And so like, let's, let's throw this to this guy over here. And, uh, but yeah, as far as the, the musical thing, like I enjoyed like the musical performances in the, in the, I just wish there had been more of a look back. Yeah. Yeah. I wish there had been something from Cabaret. I I really think it was just an excuse to get. Two more performances, something by Catherine Zeta-Jones and something no. by Jennifer Catherine Zeta-Jones' performance was better than anything that happens in the movie Chicago. Oh, see, I did not <laughs> I was think super so. into I, it. I, I thought that I could definitely see that this is 10 years later of Catherine Zeta-Jones' ability to dance and move. Really? If you look at her in that number She is quite Chicago, slinky, yes. Like, yeah. she is. Would you say she's quite what? Slinky. <laughs> I think you said slutty. Yeah. Oh no! I'm sorry. Well, like she's she's much. <laughs> I like slutty Catherine Zeta Jones in the movie. Who doesn't? Um, oh, in traffic! Don't oh even get me God. started. <laughs> um, the pregnancy only makes her more alluring. <laughs> What's the movie she's in with uh, Sean Connery? Entrapment. Yeah. And that's she the, entrapped my heart. I never saw it, but the whole like it seems like nine tenths of the marketing campaign was her slinking across the floor not touching the lasers in the security system. That is, yeah. I mm-hmm. have the image from the trailer in my head. Yeah, and I also the have the image thing, from the trailer. If you say, if you mentioned, oh, that movie with Catherine Zeta-Jones and Sean Connery, that's what I remember, is that shot from the trailer. Yeah, and I saw the movie, but I have that image, and then the one where he appears in the doorway of her hotel room, and she leans up from the bed, and there's that, like, you know, you can see that she's naked. Uh, there's that shot. My favorite, the my favorite cheesy Sean Connery movie is a movie called uh, Just Cause uh-huh. with Lawrence Fishburne. I never, I don't know, I never saw oh, okay. it, but because I would always look at the title and be like, "Just Cause." <laughs> <laughs> Why should I rent this? Just, okay, fair enough. Just Cause. <laughs> You've made your argument, movie. Um, All right, that's. But <laughs> to, to go with the uh, to discuss musicals uh, more, I will say this. Uh, so. As I think I started to mention, uh, so I'm not a huge fan of uh, of Les Miserables. You like it quite a bit, but like, I mean, the music, the music's there. Like, it's still really great, stir, and that stirring music. Performance was stirring to me, very much so. And me here's too. and, and it made me want to see it. Yeah, I mean, they, they're. I don't di- like some people hate the movie. I'm not one of them. Where I just you, wait. You haven't seen it? Nope. What did you think of Russell Crowe singing tonight? You know, I because I a lot of people have ripped on his yeah singing and the the clips i've heard from him from the film itself i have not been impressed with but tonight as, as a part of an ensemble i thought he did fine That's yeah how I, feel, I, I, I like i like I him in the movie. he was great but well it's i don't know if i like him in the movie i don't i'm not mad at him for it he's clearly as an actor trying to stretch himself he was, just should not have been cast I'll, I'll tread lightly we were talking about spoilers in the clips there was very close to being a spoiler about russell Crowe's character in the clips tonight but i won't say it for those who haven't seen it like me yeah fair enough um but, but if it, it is if there was a shot that it, if it continued another five or six seconds that yeah, would have yeah. Been a pretty big spoiler yeah i bet i know which one it is. um <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, and so, like, and that's the thing is, like, just the way it was weird, and, and based on some of the, uh, some of the rea- reactions of the people at the party tonight, like, it's like slowly but surely people are coming out during this big stirring song, and everyone knows, yeah, the least popular member of the cast is on his way. It'd be one thing if it started with him, but now it's, now it's almost a sense of dread, and just like, here we go. And then, and he comes out, and he's fine. Like, yeah, here's the thing, he doesn't, 
in the movie when he is when he has to sing on his own and really belt it out he doesn't do so well but he does fine in that and just like and it's I just liked, one of those i like the reveal of uh i, I can't remember the character's names eponine is that samantha yeah banks Bar- barks 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 yeah yeah i like the reveal because you see amanda seafried and uh eddie redmayne eddie redmayne singing and i didn't realize until until she stepped forward that she was right behind them i like yeah. i thought that was uh well done yeah and i literally like samantha barks performance even though i don't like that much for the character yeah oh uh, the, yeah that's my big uh, well, argument you got, which you got ragged on in the comments on our website about yeah. saying the movie could be fine without her character in it yeah which by the way true very true it's great and i'm not that's not i'm not trashing her song i'm no, not trashing she, her singing she's great in the movie yeah she, but uh, you're right, the movie doesn't need her right and so like yeah and that's part of the the pacing issues but anyway um and that's the thing is like I will say this that the film uh, I'm sorry the the ceremony made a very good argument for why they need to start bringing back musical performances like when they when they do it when they just go all but out do you and do it hear right the uh I don't know what what didn't get performed tonight the chasing ice song the, yeah uh, which usually yeah. when they perform all of them though they they do truncated versions yeah which is, but that's the thing. Like, I'm willing to deal. And by the way, like, it would have been Scarlett Johansson singing from the, you know, the girl from the Avengers. And so, like, people would be like, "Hey, all right, here's an she's opportunity." She's on Broadway, though. What was that? She's on Broadway. What's that? Oh, on Broadway. Scarlett oh. Johansson. She's okay. doing Cat in the Hudson Roof on Broadway. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, that's neat. Good for her. Hmm. But um, but what it's. What do uh, I think of that? <laughs> Not. I don't think the reviews least. are great. Yeah. My understanding is that the she reviews. She does not seem great. ready for that. Oh, yeah. that's too bad. Is she so I said she's right. the Paul Newman character. <laughs> yeah. No, she doesn't seem right for that that part. Uh, I, I've liked her in, I, you know, there's certain. This is way off topic. There are some actors. Let's okay. Let's for the sake of this conversation, stick to women. Because we're talking about Scarlett Johansson. Mm-hmm. There's someone like a Mia Vashikovska who I could watch in anything. I think mm-hmm. she's chameleonic. She seems to be amazing in every movie she's in. And then there are certain. People like, I don't know, a Kira Knightley, who I think are really good in some movies and just aren't right for other movies. Or even a Julia Roberts is a good, a good example of someone mm-hmm. I think can be really great, but there are certain things that are outside of her bounds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, Scarlett Johansson, I feel the same way with. I love her in The Avengers. There are a certain number of other movies that I think she, she's great in, but I think she is she is limited. And that's not necessarily a... I don't mean that to be a strike against her. No, it's like, just a fact of who she is as yeah, an actor. And there, there yeah. are some people who could be great in certain things and not, mm-hmm. have some limitations. That's yeah. how I feel about Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, there are some there are some people, like uh, male or female, it doesn't really matter, who just, they, they are very good at doing a limited number. They have a certain set of skills, one could say. Uh-huh. Uh, Specific. Yeah, and so like, but that, and, and some people are like, oh, but that makes them limited. It's like, yeah, but at the same time, if you plug them into that part, that's their part. Mm-hmm. An example of like a, is like a Cary Grant, you know, like right, right, right. you put him in a part. It's like, yeah, he's always kind of doing the Cary Grant thing. Sometimes he's doing a slight variation on it, but you put him in a part. That's his role. No one can play it. You know, I always felt that way for a long time about William Holden. As long as we're talking about old timey actors, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, that I've I've only not recently, but fairly recently, come to like William Holden. Yeah, but there was a long time where I felt like. Even in movies I liked, that he was always playing the same character. Yeah, he's okay always with that. He was and always kind of a modern wo- character actors. Bruce Willis is the same way. Like yeah. I've come to really enjoy what Bruce Willis does, but there is a certain there's a limitation to his range. Yeah, he he. That's a great example. I was thinking of of Mark Wahlberg, but I like the Willis. Like 
you look at him in, you know, Die Hard, Pulp Fiction, Moonrise Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Sixth Sense. Like, that is, that. I mean, that that really isn't the widest range from no. character to character, but yeah. he does all even, of them. Even when it is a wide range in type of movie, yeah. his character is still within a certain... Yeah, but he yeah. is... Gr- he is different in all of those roles and great in all of those roles so he's not that doesn't make him a bad actor it may make him a more limited actor than daniel day lewis but so what he can still like a limited actor can still be a great actor yeah yeah and it's it's like and sure i think a daniel day lewis could play you know john mcclane or or the you know character from the sixth sense but like but it is so frightening I know, good lord. And just like, he's a ghost. Like, that would be a horrific reveal as opposed to just like, leave that kid alone. I know, you're talking about the Sixth Sense, but I so want to see Daniel Day Lewis in an action movie now. I want to see him get taken. I want to see, like, what what happened to Liam Neeson. I want to see that happen to Daniel Day Lewis. Well, there was a while when Liam Neeson was going to play Lincoln. Oh yeah, yeah. Lincoln. Wasn't that weird? Like, he came out tonight and he was talking about Lincoln. It was weird, yeah. When Liam gets Lincolned, and Day Lewis gets taken. Yeah, oh, fair boy. enough. Okay. Um. Incidentally, by the way, if they ever, uh, I, I I did a, a fantasy casting for X Men, uh, and I changed my mind. If ever they they did a reboot, I think he'd make a great Magneto. Liam Neeson or Daniel Day Lewis? Daniel Day Lewis. Yeah, he would. Like yeah, him being would. a villain in something well, would be pretty solid. You know what I said? I, I think he's getting a little too old now. Hmm. The thing I said on Twitter tonight is I want to see a Sex Pistols biopic with Daniel Day Lewis as Johnny Rotten. I think that would be amazing. He's, his wife would divorce him. There's no question about it. <laughs> yeah, if he had to act like Johnny, Johnny yeah. Rotten for nine months. Or and she just, she just doesn't like that red hair. <laughs> but wouldn't he be awesome? Yeah, he'd be awesome at pretty much anything. I think yeah. he'd be great as Johnny Rotten. Yeah. Um, there, there's a bit of, I mean, Oscar history, right? First the, first, the first actor to win lead actor three times. Yeah. 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 And by the way, speaking of Johnny Rotten, if I remember correctly... Before Gary Oldman, Daniel Lewis was considered for Sid Vicious in Sid and Nancy. Uh, I don't know that, but that doesn't surprise me. I could no. see that. So, but I wouldn't trade Gary Oldman's performance for anything in that movie. That movie's amazing. I never saw it. Have you seen it? Uh-uh. Sid and Nancy, so great. Um, okay, so as far as the musical thing, I'll say I liked it. It made the show. That's one thing I haven't said. I don't think outright this podcast. I had a good time watching the show. Yeah. And part of it was just, I like musicals. I like the performances. I had, it didn't feel like, it didn't feel like the James Franco and Hathaway thing where it felt like it was dragging except for that opening 15, 20 minutes, which I, which I didn't like. Uh, I had a good time. I got into the, the flow of it, mm-hmm. but if musicals are the theme, I wish there had been more, I don't know, montages or nods to the history of movie musicals. Yeah. Yeah. You know? It wasn't. There was nary a mention of Busby Berkeley or Bob yeah. Fosse. Well, I guess they did all that jazz, but that yeah. like uh, that's a e- reference even a bit. So, yeah, but there was. Yeah, they, they. They. I wish there had been more of a nod to the history. So let's. We've been going for a while. Uh, so let's maybe close on favorite speeches of the night. I. I mean, I know it's the last one, but Ben Affleck was great. Is that? Well, I, I want to make sure that like have we talked about before we get to speeches like have we talked about uh oh i i actually liked barbara streisand's thing for Did marvin you? hamlish and you know what even right down to all the uh all the uh modeling stuff like her saying it's like like would we do it all again she's like you we we sure would and stuff like that but it's like it's <laughs> I would, it, I, i'm not a, i'm not a barbara streisand fan but like 
when you see that, you see like it's like, oh, I bet Streisand fans love that stuff I, like it, that. Natalie's you know my girlfriend. I loved it. Yeah, my girlfriend Natalie and I both broke out in laughter. We laughed out loud when she. Did. Yeah, it has a. <laughs> it's really corny. You know, you you hear uh, people talk about. Uh, not people, but you hear comedians talk about um, like Jerry Lewis and like when he goes from being like the crazy guy, but then when he's talking for real and he'll be like super modeling and just be like, I, I can't give it a give an example, but like anytime he gives a speech and it's almost like he feels like he has to try to make up for uh, the goofiness, uh-huh. uh, the goofy persona. So he'll just be like really lay it on thick. And there are people like, you know, I love that. I'm just such a sucker for that. And I feel like people probably felt that way about uh, Barbara Streisand. And that's fine. I think she did a good job. While we're on the in memoriam, before we get back to the speeches, I know every year we talk about how could they not include so-and-so. Mm-hmm. Andy Griffith? I know he's considered more of a TV guy, but he's in some great movies. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, Face in the Crowd. Yeah, least. yeah, Face in the Crowd. And yeah. he was in Waitress fairly recently. Yeah. Like, it seemed that's that was surprising to me that there was no Andy Griffith. Oh, and you know what? Look at this. He was the villain in the James Bond parody, Spy Hard. There so go. there you go. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh, there's always it, someone that... It, I, there's always someone, yeah. you know, and it did seem weird. Like, I understand now, like, because of the, the, the general musical theme, it's like, it seems weird that they would end on Marvin Hamlish, like, over, over like, a Daryl Zanuck, or uh, Richard Zanuck. Um, yeah. But, yeah. like... He was the one right before that, though. Yeah, yeah. And so... Um, I... The biggest but I thing I took away from the memoriam was quoting Charles Durning's lines from "O oh Brother Where Art Thou," <laughs> <laughs> which is when you, what, what is the guy says? Uh, Don't you want to press the fre- press the flesh, Pappy? I'll press your flesh. We ain't one at a time in here. We're mass communicating. <laughs> <laughs> and then what did you say? If if your mother could have seen you, she'd have died of shame. <laughs> and only great. he can sell that kind yeah. of thing. Great. I, I yeah. did like. Uh, I had forgotten that Ray Bradbury passed away this yeah. year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was bummed that all the times I've been to Comic-Con and he's done, like, panels. Oh. I never made it. He's such a good science fiction writer. Was. I, I, I could have I could have seen him speak multiple years in a row and something always came up. No, you had to go to old Hall H, didn't you? Yeah. Or more likely I had I wanted to go drink beer in the gasoline district. And just grow that big Irish head of yours. <laughs> yeah. Bigger and bigger. Okay. Speeches. <laughs> Okay. What did you like? I like Ben Affleck's. I like Ben Affleck. I like Christoph Waltz. He's just really classy. I just like the way he approaches things. Um, one of the, uh, I think it was a short documentary. Mm-hmm. He had a nice uh, a nice moment when he brought the subject of the documentary. Yeah, yeah, on. yeah. Uh, I thought that, that was, was great. Yeah, Innocente. And there's a real there's a real impassioned thing where he's just like, okay, seriously, like we need to do yeah. something because people like this who do amazing things are not being noticed and they're being like... And they're homeless. Like, they're not being able to do the thing that not only are they good at, but people would benefit from in general. And so, like, it's kind of our jobs as well-established artists to... Yeah. To help them out in some way. He also way. said, you are all artists to the crowd of the Oscars. Well, you know. Yeah, that's not true. No, but I, I he like He needs that. them to listen. I, yeah, here's I like here's why I like that. Because he's a short documentary winner. Okay? So he has, like, he's... On the clout scale, he's got none. Uh-huh. Yeah. But he is basically... that. To me, that sounded like almost like a challenge. Yeah. To them. Like, I like that. He yeah. said, like, we that's are artists... You are also artists, so you need to do something. Like, we need to do something. Yeah, it was like an exhortation uh, kind of thing. Um, But, uh, so I liked that a lot. I, uh, okay, I know this may not be that big of a deal, but like the brief, the brief snippet from 
Jeffrey Katzenberg mm-hmm. about like how our how our community, the Hollywood community, like we we do so much to help people, and just Isn't like it? it's okay. like, come on, man, like this is already self congratulatory enough, like to talk about how great we all are, like yeah, that's fine, you know, like I don't would, know. Would you like? There's a billion cable channels. Would you like someone to broadcast yes. those awards? Yes. And why isn't there? I don't know. All all your favorite stars are there anyway. Yeah. So like, yeah, it's uh, it seems like a shame. You know, even get, Richard Gere, and he wasn't even nominated. Yeah, like get like a, I don't know, get like an A and E or something to just put it on for an hour. Yeah. yeah. Or, or like a or like a Bravo or IFC or something. Oh, I mean, there's enough. Bravo's mo- got other things going on. Well, that's true. Or, they got, they or got eighteen st- Real Housewives shows, or like a Stars, maybe like a Stars or something sure, like sure. that. Like th- there are there are enough yeah, channels out there, or AMC. AMC could do it. Yeah. Just there are enough. Let's, T- keep naming, yeah. let's keep naming some channels. T- I'm out. C- Reels. Reels. <laughs> C- CBS. Yeah. Uh, LMN, the Lifetime Movie Network. Uh-huh. You know what? ABC. There's an option. Yeah. Do you know what's funny to me? What's that? LM, LMN, the Lifetime Movie Network, was available in HD before Lifetime was. Hmm. That's odd, right? Mm, not necessarily, because they want to really emphasize yeah. how solid, how stunning those movies look. But Lifetime yeah. is now in HD, but it was like, Thank it God. took a while before I could get it on DirecTV. <laughs> yeah. Well, I watch, yeah. I watch now I can, every week. Yeah. Now I can and feel I watched t- a Lifetime original movie recently starring Rob Lowe. Yeah, called prosecuting Casey Anthony. Oh, are you able to feel when people are judging you? <laughs> you feel, and right, you know what, Roblo was great in it. I'm sure he was. Uh-huh. I remember seeing like a it didn't uh, answer my question. <laughs> oh, I think it did. <laughs> uh, I remember seeing a trailer for that and being like, "Oh, I bet that's pure schlock." But I bet he's really good and committed. Yeah, he, in it. he was really good. He's also in Christmas Shoes. <laughs> I never. I hey, look, we all got to be in something. And you know who else was in it? Was uh, Juliet from Lost? Elizabeth Mitchell. Is that her Mitchell? Name? That's yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. I like her a lot. Yeah, she's like. I don't know. if This is insulting to her. But she's like, when you're young and your friend has a hot mom, <laughs> that's kind of what Elizabeth Mitchell is like to me. Yeah. Especially those boobs. Am I right? Uh, <laughs> I'm just gross. saying because you're evoking this, uh, this right. younger thing. Yeah. So I apologize, everybody. That's, I was making a joke. Yeah. Um, I apologize for calling yeah. Elizabeth Mitchell a milk. She would, be, she would be the teacher who, like the math teacher who I'd be like, I hope she comes near me uh, to grade my paper and she's wearing a blouse. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's what I'd be thinking. Every day. Totally. I totally get that. Every day. <laughs> yeah. All right. This is devolved. Okay. Um, uh, other other speeches we want to talk about. Anyone? I've got two I, two I have big bad, ones. bad memories for speeches. I, I really, I did really like Affleck's, even though he was talking a mile a minute at first. Yeah. yeah, yeah but when, yeah. He, when he slowed down, I thought, and, and I did not. I think he choked up when he said his kids' names. Yeah. yeah. That, that and I me. hate kids, but that touched me. <laughs> and I didn't, I didn't remotely want Argo to win, but I, I do, I, I really like. You just can't help but like Ben Affleck. Yeah. yeah, you know, and I just, I really like the speech. He's just such a genuine guy. I liked uh, Jennifer Lawrence's speech. Like, I mean, you know, she tripped on the way say? up, and she, oh, poor and, her. Yeah, and her whole thing's like, you guys are just standing because I fell. Like, and I think that, that she was kind of right. Yeah, yeah, probably, but that's all right. Like, at least she acknowledged it. I thought there was a surprising amount of humor in Daniel Day Lewis's speech, uh, oh, that which is very funny. Yeah, but and then and then uh, see every. I, I thought the speeches this year were particularly bad. <laughs> it was like usually to me, there's like five or six that I'm like, yeah, they said something inspiring. This year was like 
three. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just everybody are, just just listing in recent them. history. What are your favorite Oscar speeches? Uh, I don't know how recent this is. Soderbergh's is my like his best director speech. Do you for, remember that for traffic? For traffic, I don't remember it. No, he he got up there and he said, you know, I uh, all the people who worked on the movie. Well, he's like, I'll, I'll thank them individually. I want to talk to people who create things and just uh, thank anybody who spends their time working to create something uh, because they feel passionate about it. So that's what he spent like that. his speech doing. Trevor, what are you? I, I remember, although I can't remember any specifics. Um, What's the guy who wrote Milk? Dustin Lance Black? His yeah, speech yeah. was good. That was a I great liked speech. Sean Penn's speech that year as well. Okay. Because he, he, he mentioned... Uh, Mickey Rourke? Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, this speech there... Th- this year there weren't a lot of uh, really memorable speeches. Oh, Tarantino That's on- was awesome. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. yeah. His, his was the other <laughs> yeah. one. And how great is it that he won? It's... Yeah. Hooray for Tarantino. Yeah, I like that they uh, that there was a lot of... Su- and then not, he was clearly drunk. Oh, no question. Like It's like, the, if the tie were any looser, it would actually not be tied. Exactly. Like, like, it was that way before the show started yeah. when they cut to He him. arrived I'm, that I'm way. I'm a guy who occasionally wears a denim tie, mm-hmm. but his leather tie is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> it is ridiculous. He's ridiculous. Yeah, but I, thank God for him. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of somebody with a uh, large head, and I don't necessarily mean a swelled head, but I also mean his actual head is quite large. Yeah, he's enor- it's enormous. But w- what Jason and I were talking about with his speech, he manages to find a way to attempt to uh, compliment his cast and winds up complimenting his writing and casting abilities. Yes, yes. And you know what? I'm fine with he's it. So yes. close to humility, he couldn't be <laughs> yeah. farther away. Yeah, because he should have said I was lucky to get the cast that I was. Yeah. yeah. But he basically said, like, I did a great job casting this movie. I, I really he almost said with like, right it's like, you guys, did, I, I did okay. He, he said, you know, the casting, he's like, he's like, I've got one shot to get this right with this cast. And he goes, and you know what? I got it done. <laughs> yeah. And he did the two finger yeah. point. Yeah. And he said something oh, like, he's awesome. like, you know, if people in the future remember my movies, it'll be for the characters that I created. <laughs> like if he had stopped at the characters, then it's like, okay, that's a natural segue into talking about your actors. But <sighs> can't let the fact that you created him go. You just got the you know, Oscar. It sounds for- like we're ripping on him, but I still find it delightful. It, I find it delightful, <laughs> but I do find him. Uh, infuriating. He's become to me. He's become more infuriating, and uh, he, he's become even more full of himself. Yeah, he's so he's so concerned and thinks he has such perspective about his own legacy that he does not have. What is your favorite Tarantino movie, Jason? I think it's still Pulp Fiction, but and I know I'm in the minority on this, uh, at least among this room. Uh, Kill Bill is is making a real surge. For I me. need to rewatch that. I actually happened to rewatch some of Volume One the other night because it happened uh-huh. to be on I don't know Stars or some like movie channel. And I got really into it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I need to rewatch it because I didn't think I liked it. Yeah, but uh, every time a new Tarantino movie comes out, I kind of convince myself it's my new favorite. Yeah, because. I said Inglorious Bastard. Like, well, okay, it was Jackie Brown for the longest time. It might still be for me. It's between and, that and Inglorious Bastards. And even after I first saw Inglorious Bastards, I was like, "This is great. I still love Jackie Brown more." But then Inglorious Bastards took it over, and now I think it might be Django. It might be Django. My favorite. It's a good song, right? Django. <laughs> so much good music. It's so much fun to sing. How okay? I know I've talked about this in the show before. Obviously, the Oscars have nominated hip hop before. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Three Six Mafia got nominated for Hustle and Flow. Eminem got nominated and won. They're yep. both of these. They won. both yeah, won. They both yeah. For for Eight Mile, 
Rick Ross not getting nominated for Django Unchained for 100 Black Coffins. That's bullshit. That's Ooh, true. It was great. That, no, that song was great. But they had to make room for that song from Ted. Yeah. Yeah. Or Chasing Ice. Yeah. Yeah. Which actually didn't sound too terrible, except uh, this is not the song's fault, certainly. Uh, what is Chasing Ice? <laughs> I saw it. It's a decent documentary. Actually. Okay. All right. It's a little self-important, but it's about... Uh, it looked beautiful. Yeah. It's about um, the er- erosion of glaciers and how quickly the ice caps are melting. It's a very depressing movie, very beautifully shot, <laughs> mm-hmm. but it gets a little too like enamored of... Because it's about this guy who has set up this project of like installing Jimmy cameras. Ice. Yeah, Jimmy Ice. Installing cameras all over the world to, to track the rate at which glaciers are melting. And it gets a little too, like, into him, you know? Like, mm-hmm. isn't this, like, great how what he's doing? Yeah. And sometimes lose fo- loses focus on the issues it's themselves. Okay. But it's a, it's a decent movie. But, yeah, I don't, like, I didn't, I didn't leave that movie humming the song that Scarlett Johansson sang. Yeah. Yeah, right. whereas the music from Jack and I, yeah, I haven't stopped singing or like humming a hundred black coffins or the John Legend song, which is also great mm-hmm. since I saw so much Django. good music in that. Movie. Yeah, yeah, it does. It does seem like it should have been nominated for best song for something, if not a, f- a few times over. <laughs> yeah, um, that's happened in the past. And uh, but yeah, and there was a uh, what was I was reading an article. I don't remember where, but today I was reading an article about the the need for like another oscar category about like best use of song like it's not an original song it's not an original score but the use of music and like it's a little particular it is a little particular but like only oscar category music supervisor music supervisor yeah Yeah. like the only oscar category i'm lobbying for and then once that's in i'll open some other ones is uh best stunts yeah i know you like that one it's kind of bullshit that like yeah there's stunt performers in pretty much any movie you see even movies you don't think have stunts in them uh-huh. and uh they are completely unsung i agree with you yeah i think uh yeah it's a weird thing well i was gonna say well the, the nature of the stunt man is to be invisible and not call attention to himself yeah, in and the so movie, but that's also yeah. the nature of the editor or the sound mix or whatever and the yeah and that's their night to shine yeah that yeah. was that was a little pause in my thinking there. <laughs> right um but uh yeah and and it does seem like it's just a matter of time like that is the one thing like what i have to say about like splitting like the supporting categories into two other categories about like supporting under 10 minutes supporting over 10 minutes um like well, that's still another acting thing. Like the one category that is not touched at all is the stunt category, and I feel like yeah. that's—I feel like it's probably only a matter of time. I feel like there probably are I people so. lobbying but for that. There's also the fact that the Oscars go long every year, and there's a resistance to adding anything. Yeah, they—I mean—they've cut things like the like the Lifetime Achievement Award, mm-hmm. which is horseshit. Yeah. Um, there shouldn't be it, so I, I don't think they're eager to add any more categories it gets it already, good ratings though doesn't it good but not as good as it used to yeah, yeah. but of course nothing has the ratings that it used to that's true you know and Except so like the Super Bowl yeah. I think yeah that's gotten bigger every yeah. year that's, which is insane to me yeah I mean like what was it in 2010 or was it 2011 Patriots the Super Bowl like surpassed the mash finale mm-hmm. as the most watched thing on television ever wow wow <laughs> that's really something yeah wow makes me wish i well, gave a I've, single solitary shit about football <laughs> not i mean i think there's a pretty good reason for that because uh that was a rematch of patriots giants 
which was a big deal. And it was also a year that in like the entire Northeast there was a huge snowstorm and everyone yeah. was homebound every way, anyway. Yeah. So everyone was just watching TV. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Mm. Um, can, I, can I go back to Daniel Day-Lewis's speech please, real quick? Yes. Because... It, it was great. It was funny. But then when he thanked his wife, uh, that's how you thank a wife. No question like, about it. That's how you thank someone you love. You you get poetic about how yeah. wonderful they are. Mm-hmm. And how you get personal. And and in doing so, great. he also sort of acknowledged the thing that everybody knows about him. Yeah. You know, oh, but yeah, also yeah, recognize like, like yeah, that. this like this has <laughs> this thing that I do that you guys seem to enjoy the end product of it has consequences on more people than just like the caterers. Yeah. Like I got to go home and my wife's got to deal with this bullshit. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And she does that ostensibly for you. And because she loves me, that's yeah. no small thing. I also liked Ang Lee thing, his wife, and mentioning his wife of 30 years and her being like, Ooh, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't want everyone to know how old I am. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Uh, another surprise. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah, was a I, big surprise, a very pleasant surprise. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like Best it was, a, it was a surprise, but what the hell? Like there was no front runner. People assumed Spielberg, maybe because it's oh, Spielberg, yeah. but like, I mean, it easily could have gone to David O. Russell. It could have gone to Spielberg. It could have gone to Catherine Bigelow again, and it could have gone to Ang Lee. Like, Who's the fifth one? Ben, ben Zeitlin. Oh, yeah. Like and 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 good for him for being nominated, but people knew that it wouldn't go to him. The nomination so, like, was the uh, yeah. yeah. And so like it really could like you, an argument could have been made for any of those other directors. You did mention Catherine Bigelow who was not nominated. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, see? There there, there it goes. Oh, um, Hanukkah was not. Yeah, yeah. Ha- sorry, yeah. Hanukkah. Yeah. Hanukkah. Yeah. Han- and it, Mikhail. It, it actually could have it very not, much could have Hanukkah. Which right. is how it was pronounced at the Golden Globes when he won. <laughs> but like, it could have gone to him very easily yeah. as well. Like it's and so I think uh, um, before Django won, I think, and we were talking about Entertainment Weekly. They predicted a more winning original screenplay. Yeah, that doesn't happen. That doesn't happen very often, though. Like for an original screenplay. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think like Talk to Her won. Uh, um, that's a good ten movie. years ago. That is a good movie, and it's a good script. But um, but yeah. And then, and but it was interesting watching the awards de- uh, develop, and you see like, oh, okay, it won cinematography, visual effects. I kind of assumed, and then it got uh, score, and it's just like, is there? And and it won these things over front runners, yeah. and I was just, and so and Jason and I were just like, is this going to be some kind of weird thing where suddenly, without anybody really ign- knowing it. There's just this big surge for uh, Life of Pi, which would be great, yeah. uh, and there, I guess, there kind of was by by giving it to him. And for a brief moment, I was like, "Are they going to give it picture? Because that'd be really amazing." It would be. Yeah. It would have made. I mean, this was a fun telecast because of the upsets. If, yeah, yeah. If Life of Pi had won Best Picture, this would have been like this would have gone down in history. I think is one of the most uh, exciting yeah. and upsetting. Yeah. Not but upsetting, the, but you know, yeah. but like there, there's, there's almost, I mean, not since like Shakespeare in love, has there been like a best picture upset? Uh, like it doesn't happen very much. Do you, do you think that crash over Brokeback mountain was an upset? Uh, there was, it, kind it of was a swell for crash. Yeah. And it was, be, it that, was definitely between those two. That's true. Uh, and yeah. there were people that were, there were people that were predicting it. No one was predicting Shakespeare in love because right. nobody, I think knew what the, what Miramax was at the time. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, at this point, like people are so good at layering on all these other elements that 
the the predictions are usually pretty accurate um and so like and if the if the front runner doesn't win it's usually something that is right behind it that will win and so so it's unfortunate that there wasn't an upset this year and there could have been but oh well now we <laughs> uh josh writes a a series on uh, more than one lesson called the best of pictures in which he talks about the uh, the best pictures and so when he uh when argo won he was like <sighs> Now I got to write about Argo. <laughs> I was like, sorry, buddy. I think that's a good place to wrap up. Uh, especially, and also two hours is a good place to wrap up. Yeah. So uh, you can find us at battleshippretension.com. You can email us, david at battleshippretension.com or tyler at battleshippretension.com. You can follow me on Twitter at The Pretension. Follow Tyler on Twitter at More Lessons. That's the official Twitter of his other podcast, More Than One Lesson, which is at morethanonelesson.com. My other podcast is previously on I guess. I don't do it very often, but that's a previously on show. It's still there. People can find it. Yes. You can still listen to episodes, and I will get back to it eventually. Um, And uh, that's it. Jason, where can people find you and your work on the internet? Pretty much on Twitter. I'm trying to become a filmmaker now, so I don't do blogging or uh, other things like that. So maybe if I become a filmmaker, a real live filmmaker, then I'll have a website or something. Okay. And what's your Twitter? Uh, Twitter.com slash just Eakin. E-A-K-E-N. E-A-K-E-N. That's right. That's the capitalization right there. Yes. It's sort of the 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 textual equivalent of like a on arm motion, I think. Sure, yeah. yeah. Sweeping arm motion. Mm-hmm. All right. Thanks for listening. And we'll get you next time. Bye. Bye.